Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zom. so bad welcome one and all silver and gold episode 20 we have a new year's themed episode this week for you doing a little uh uh fate themed episode i guess you could say God, just in time for all your uh new year's resolutions that won't happen no matter how hard you try uh we got 1972's slaughterhouse five and 1993's groundhog day Yes. Um, I'm the loaf. I kind of feel like shit again. Uh, and with me is Dr. Zom. Hi, guys. How you doing? Guys. What's up out there? Oh, so, Zom, how was your week, sir? Uh, it was, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, I feel like the, the whole week was just a... <clears throat> Um, a bunch of separate moments uh, uh, just randomly thrown together and I'm trying to just concentrate on the good parts. Or was that the movie <laughs> I fucking watched? Anyway, now it was all right. Uh, it fucking snowed here. It's been colder than jet, or I mean, fucking cold. So uh, the snow's starting to melt a little bit out there now. But um, it's, um, I don't know. I don't mind the fucking cold. I, I don't mind anything. I just live my life to the fullest i don't mind the cold either it's actually uh it was weird new year's day it was 66 degrees outside here there was, i could walk outside in my t-shirt uh two days later it was 20 degrees it was really really weird so i think that's why i feel like shit i think the weather changes has fucked up my yeah head. it's it, it it just fucks with you yeah so that's what it does and uh, new year's eve was um god damn what the fuck did i do new year's eve I don't even know. I think I worked. I maybe. I don't even. Honest to God, I'm not even joking. I cannot even fucking tell you if I stayed here and watched movies or if I fucking worked. <laughs> we uh, we. I, remember. I worked New Year's Eve, just, but during the day. So we actually went out that night. Went to a couple different friends' house. Uh, one we went over and had just like fried food galore. It was pretty awesome. Uh, we mm. just had a table full of food, and they had the fried daddy going. Um, we had some great tempura onions. Um, I really want. We had these miniature cupcakes, and if she didn't have cats, I would have stayed longer, and I would have tried to fry a cupcake just to see what would happen. Should have um, fried a cat. Yeah. Well, they were hiding, but just being in a cat house is enough for me to get asthma. It's pretty shitty, but. Uh. Um, then uh, then we went to another friend's house and played like board games and stuff. We played this one funny card game called Cards Against Humanity. Um, look it up. It's. Um, 
you can actually print it out. It's a little work uh, to if you want to print it out. Um, they have it for sale, but it's been out of stock for a while. Um, so I ended up printing out a copy of it on some nice heavy paper for my wife and cutting them out for her Chris- for a Christmas present. But um, it's kind of like apples to apples if you ever played that game where you get a card and the group has you, you get a card that has like a some kind of statement or fill in the blank on it and the whole the group has you know 10 or so cards in their hands and they choose what they think is going to be like the funniest or best answer and they win like the the card with the blank on it but um the funniest one of the night the clue card was blank high five bro and we all just died laughing the one that won that round uh coat hanger abortions <laughs> so that'll give you an idea of what kind of game this is. So, Code Hanger Abortions, oh. high five, bro. What kind of people were playing the game? You guys are fucking Dis- sick, man. I am bastard. totally against abortions. <laughs> so, uh, the and we saw. Oh, uh, really? We saw <laughs> abortions for everybody. Hey, we, uh, pile we the babies' bodies up in a dumpster for all I give a shit. <laughs> we saw Dick Clark give a horrific kiss to some woman on screen. It was really oh, awkward. Ooh. Um, but yeah, New, Year, New Year's was okay. And then um, that's kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. How old is Dick? Uh, my. 87 88 i don't know he's he's up there but you know after he had a stroke he just looks really bad and uh, uh it was awkward but strokes um, will do that to you yeah fuck you up man so uh did you make any new year's resolutions uh, i don't give a fuck yeah I didn't either. it's I, just it uh, let me tell you something when you reach my age the goddamn nothing means nothing i don't give a fuck i mean it's it's just uh, christmas new year's eve all that shit holidays birthdays they don't mean anything. It's just I live day to day. I'm high on life. <laughs> the uh, um, like evil can evil. I had a, I had a, like my own personal resolution, I guess, that I was going to just try to be more positive well, about certain less fat. things. Yeah, let one well, no, well, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Like what? What are you going to be more positive about? Well, just you know, just having a better outlook, like like assuming. Uh, positive things about you certain people but let me tell you after a week of working post christmas retail fuck it F- yeah. people are people are assholes it's the, <laughs> it's always going to be that case positive outlook it ain't going to get any better uh like jack it. nicholson said and as good as it gets is this as good as it gets yep yes this is it might right have here. a few high points every once in a while but this is it <laughs> this is it so uh this <laughs> is this this ain't something else this is this so uh, what have you been watching this week, sir? Uh, I watched some movies. Um, I watched some movies, and then I watched some other stuff. Uh, <clears throat> well, wait a minute. That note says Fart Studio. That's not That's not it. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, uh, Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery <laughs> in Highlander, uh-huh. uh, but which, which ties in with this show because in the very first sequence, you get to see the fabulous Freebirds. Against Greg Gagne, <laughs> Jim Brunzel, while uh, Christopher Lambert sits in his. He doesn't even. Okay, here's the fucking free birds in the ring going at it. Michael Hayes flipping the fucking hair. The sequined, uh, uh, you know, not Union Jack. What the fuck do they call that rebel flag? What is that? Stars and bars, whatever. Uh, you know, and they're doing all their shit, and he's just sitting there stone faced. But pretty much he was just a goddamn potato. 
anyway. Yeah. And he talked funny. But I like the Kurgan in it. He didn't make him eat any boogers like he did in Sean Penn and uh, Bad bad Boys. But uh, Kurgan, Kurgan was fucking cool. And Connery was fucking awesome in that. I haven't seen it in a long time. And I think it is on uh, Netflix Instant Watch. Uh, also... I watched a documentary. Uh, I can't remember who was telling me about this. Maybe it was the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, who bling, bling, class to flash, uh, 1977. Um, it's called We Live in Public. And uh, have you seen this? I about? Have not. Okay. It's a, a guy and um, – he got in uh, to the computer thing. He was really – he's kind of a like a narcissist and a voyeur. Uh, and um, his big thing was – he he got in the whole dot com thing and made a whole shitload of money, like about ten million dollars. And he bought a like a building in I think like downtown New York in Manhattan, a four story building, and went in had all the best artists in the world, um, uh, cutting edge artists, uh, decorate the place, and they they just made like. A, uh, a big place, and they their experiment was to put cameras and monitors everywhere. If you took a shit, they they had a hundred people in there. They had a, a fucking like a, a firing range with all kinds of assault rifles and guns in the basement. People would be down there shooting guns naked. <laughs> um, they they just walk around naked all the time. People would be fucking right in front of the camera. Um, you know, they 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 would put a camera in the toilet so when you took a shit. They could see, like, literally, seriously, see the shit coming out of your asshole. Yeah. And his, and he, they did a piece on him on sixty minutes, and and uh, back in like ninety four or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said that you know he predicted all this stuff with Facebook, uh, with uh, you know video conferencing, Skype, and all that stuff. Uh, so it was pretty interesting, and it it, it got out of control. You know, <laughs> lots of weirdo people and lots of weirdo things happen. But it's it's worth a watch. Uh, next one was called uh, – this was called uh, Day of the Outlaw. And um, I posted the movie poster on my wall and also on the Silver and Gold group uh, page because uh, Tina Louise, who plays Ginger on Gilligan's Island, is in this. And the poster is awesome because yeah. it's like her on her you know, hands and knees with her big boobies and kind of – Looks kind of mussed up, and all you can see is these guys standing there. You, you can't you can see them from like maybe the chest down, and their rifle barrels pointing down like big cocks, and uh, you know like they're going to rape her and shit. So it was pretty good. Uh, it was kind of a <laughs> without without intending to be. It was kind of a Robert Ryan uh, week. So he was in that uh, also with Tina Louise and Burl Ives. Next thing I watched was uh, Jake the Snake pick your poison. Uh, about Jake the Snake Roberts, and that was really good. He's just, you know, uh, his life's just so was so messed up. It's no wonder he turned out the way he did. But you know, I I always pull for a lot of those guys to finally get cleaned up, like Scott Hall and them, and you know Jake Roberts. So it's it was pretty entertaining. It's on Instant Watch. Um, Hour of the Gun. This is basically. Uh, it's kind of like uh, you know Tombstone. Uh, but, but way before, uh, it stars James Garner, uh, Jason Robards, and uh, Robert Ryan again. And um, um, it basically begins at about the right of, 
at the time of the OK Corral, and then they have you know Wyatt Earp's ride to get revenge on the everything, all the stuff that happened in the aftermath of the gunfight at the OK Corral, the trials, mm-hmm. and then him going and hunting down you know the people that uh, do bad things to his family after the gunfight at the OK Corral. But it was pretty good, um, old school western, you know. But it was good. Uh, the next one I watched was called uh, Lawman with Burt Lancaster, and this was it's a I had seen it a long time ago, and I remembered it just having a different. Um, uh, it was just there was like a just a a, a a weird or a different tone than normal westerns. Yeah, it had the you know the tough ass lawman and all the you know the asshole outlaws and him riding into town and you know doing all this stuff. But it was just different and it was bloody. It was kind of like almost like uh, Sam Peckinpah like violence. Had a great cast. Uh, Burt Lancaster was the main dude. Um, the chick that was in it was the 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 chick from uh, Charlie Varick that was uh, the forger. Uh, Lee J. Cobb was the head of the bad dudes, and I think it almost kind of had like a a undertow of some homosexual love hmm. because he was like the rich rancher guy that was the bad guy, but he had like this guy that was like his his right hand man, and he would tell he told the guy like one time he said you know. Uh, this place is as much yours. We've been together for so long. This place is as much yours as it is mine and everything. And then when the inevitable happens and that guy meets his demise and they're burying him, like Lee J. Cobb says something like, you know, we, it, it, I can't remember how he put it, but it was something like, you know, if we only would have had a chance or if we could have only been together. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck? Come on. They didn't do that shit in the old West. Richard Jordan's in it. Uh, uh, John Beck, uh, Paul from the Waltons, uh, Robert Ryan's in that one too. And it was there was a lot of people from uh, Chato's Land uh, in it. So I don't know if it was – I was going to look and see if it was made about the same time, but I fucking forgot. Um, watched a movie called Vice Raid, uh, which was on Netflix Instant Watch. It's one of those old school uh, B-movie um, – cop kind of grind that where they just kind of grinded out these cheapy <coughs> police detective movies and shit. Right, I right. coughed right into the microphone right there. I didn't even flip it up. <laughs> uh, Mamie Van Doren's in it. And I had heard about her because she was kind of like uh, at the time of Marilyn Monroe, they had her and Jane Mansfield and some other blonde bombshells uh, that were all out at the same time that had kind of big boobies and, she was pretty hot, man. She had like the Seika fucking uh, – like the almost white blonde hair. Her hair was mm-hmm. you know, bleached so white, but she she was pretty sexy. And uh, this guy, Richard Coogan, was in it and Brad Dexter, who was in Magnificent Seven. Um, but the, the, the part of this that was interesting to me was – and I, I don't know if I feel bad because I know it was doing what it was supposed to do. But like there were times where she was like – a guy would like slap her around. But it was done in such a way – it wasn't like um, irreversible slapping around. It was done, It was like a guy would like slap her and you'd be like, fuck, that was kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think it was kind of done that way because she, she still looked really sexy. didn't even mess her makeup up or her hair or anything. And she was like, oh, you 
bastard. You know, and you're like, ooh, fuck. Okay, so anyway, let's move on. I'm starting to get a little chubby here. Anyway, uh, I watched The Last King of Scotland um, with, uh, is it James McAvoy? Uh, I don't even remember Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> He was he was the dude that played uh, yeah, Professor yeah. X in the, in the new X Men movie. Um, He's pretty good. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, it, it seemed like it it you know was pretty accurate in uh, the portrayal of Idi Amin Dada. Uh, I grew up back then, so you know seventy six was uh, when. Um, they flew the plane to Entebbe Airport, the terrorist, and uh, released everybody but the Jewish uh, passengers and then the uh, Israeli. You know, They made the movie Operation Thunderbolt and uh, Raid on Entebbe. There was two different movies made about the event, and the Israelis just went in with commandos, flew in in the middle of the night, and fucking killed all the terrorists and saved the people. Um, it, was, it was good. Um, the guy that it's based on this guy. Uh, I think it was named Bob Astles. He like they made uh, McAvoy. He was like a doctor, a young doctor, and he was real idealistic and everything. Went over there. Well, the guy that it was really based on was a fucking scumbag. I oh, mean, yeah. he was he was like a, a British uh, mercenary, and he just went over there and because Idi Amin. You know, he was ruling and he got in with him and then he lived like a fucking king. And meanwhile, Idi Amin was murdering like 300,000 of his own fucking people. And this guy was just like, you know, living the high life. But anyway, uh, I watched uh, Touching the Void, uh, which. uh, Yeah, you started that last or you said you had that last week. Yeah, I I got it in the mail last week, but I didn't watch it. Uh, It was um, kind of a pseudo documentary. I mean, Mm -hmm. they, they, they were talking about the. The events, but they recreated, you know, almost just about everything, and it was was you know re- a recreation because, of course, they didn't have cameras there when it happened. It was pretty interesting. I mean, you know, I liked uh, I I watched a TV show. I think they had on I don't know if it was on A and E or what it was on uh, Everest. It was all about Mount Everest, and it was like a kind of like a reality show. And but I mean, it was it was pretty interesting. All the stuff the guys go through and and everything. So this was it's kind of like it had a really good. Um, uh, you know, visuals and shit of them yeah. climbing of the mountains and everything. And I mean, Jesus Christ, what a harrowing fucking uh, thing that happened. Uh, you know, it's like one. It was really a, a a true testament to survival and man's willingness to, you know, whatever endure. Yeah, that was pretty profound. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I watched another Void movie. And this movie actually kind of ties in with the two movies that we are going to review this week. And it was the movie Enter the Void. And I watched it in Blu-ray. I had not seen it. And the only thing I really remember is Sammy and Will talking about how it made them fucking sicker than shit when they watched it because of the strobes and because of the kind of shaky cam, I guess. I guess you know. I don't know. Maybe you did. You don't get that effect. I turned off all the lights in the house. It was at night, and you know, sat there right in front of the TV, and it didn't do anything like that to me. But um, you know, I'm a pretty tough guy. Not like those pussies. What's up? Um, I was able to finish that one. Uh, I'm very, I'm very susceptible to motion sickness. Yeah. Um, so I was actually worried about watching that one, but actually, Irreversible made me more motion sick than. Than End of the Void did. Did you see him in the theater? Or did you no, see him? no. I, 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 we, uh, it didn't play anywhere around here. I just watched it at home. So, 
I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was just uh, it was uh, too long. It was, uh, it's, long. <clears throat> it was long. It was really long. The chick in it is really hot. The one that plays the sister, mm-hmm. she's got a fucking great body. I mean, Jesus Christ. And it has a ton of fucking sex on it, like really explicit sex. Um, I just thought it was too long, and I think – I understood what he was going for, not just the visual stuff, like you know, with the strobes and the and the flashes of the camera and the shaky cam and the snap. That was pretty interesting, and the fact that it was you know shot in Tokyo with all those lights and everything really looked spectacular. But I think that he got so consumed in that that mm-hmm. he drug the fucker out. <laughs> I mean, fucking drug it out. But like I said, it kind of um, really parallels. Um, I think it parallels um, Slaughterhouse Five, uh, uh, the 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 subject matter and everything. But um, I, I really was sitting there, and I and after a while, I was like, Jesus! I mean, okay, I reviewed almost the whole fucking movie while I was watching it on my iPad on my page, and. <sighs> I won't watch it again. Mm-hmm. I might watch some clips of like some of the stuff for the girls having sex, but uh, <laughs> even with as much sex in it as it had, and I thought that chick was hot. I it, it and it was a good story. It could have been just they could have cut if it was two hours and like forty or fifty minutes, uh, forty five or fifty minutes. They could have cut a shitload of that off and made it, you know. An hour, or even if it was two hours, it would have been better. Uh, and if they wouldn't have had all the visual shit, where you know, it just seemed like after a while, you're like, okay, I get it. You know, you're fucking doing something. You know, yeah. Uh, it just it, it it started getting on my fucking nerves. <laughs> anyway, oh well, anyway, whatever. Um, it wasn't bad. I I I, I don't know. Whatever. I, I I I don't know if I recommend it or not. Watch it one time and see what you think. Uh, and then uh, this morning I finished watching it. Uh, they have a Norm McDonald, uh, uh, like a concert, uh, his stand-up concert. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I saw that. And it's pretty good. So I had started watching that like uh, at the beginning of the week and got sidetracked, but it was pretty good. And I got my Roku yes. XT. And let me tell you something, Daddy-O. I hooked it up uh, this morning. And there was nothing – I mean it felt so liberating to <laughs> fucking watch a movie on Netflix. Okay. I was either having to sit in my computer chair, which I just get so – I can't – I hate it, uh, and watch a movie or I on my be- iPad, which is not I can't believe you've gone that long with only having Netflix on your computer. I still have a flip phone, dude. I know, but I mean the, the fact that there's streaming options out there, I – I've had Roku for almost five years. I could not imagine having to sit in front of my. I hate sitting in front of my computer just to do work, much less <sighs> watch too. movies. Well, and I'll tell you another thing. And I was telling people at work this: uh, when when you're watching a movie on Netflix on your computer and you're sitting there, first of all, if it's an hour and a half movie, it'll take you two hours to watch it because you're constantly flipping over to Facebook or flipping <laughs> over your email and fucking around. When you're sitting in there in the living room and I'm fucking taking my thumb and pointing like anybody can see what the fuck I'm doing right now uh, <laughs> and go in there and sit. You, that's why uh, some of those movies uh, like the um, uh, Day of the Outlaw, Hour of the Gun, and Lawman, those were on uh, one of those uh, Walmart uh, one disc that has three movies on it. Yeah. And, you know, if you sit – if you don't have all the distractions, it's it's – 
you know, it's a lot more fun to watch it because I get frustrated. And um, like I said, you know, an hour and a half movie, yeah, it should it should go pretty quick. But when you're fucking around and every two <laughs> seconds, you can really stretch it out. But anyway, that's all. I'm rambling on. But that's that's all. And the Roku, yeah, I recommend it. Uh, I'm just experimenting with it now. The only thing I've watched on it is Netflix. Uh, but they have some a lot of free stuff on there. Yeah. And uh, I guess they have a bunch of channels you can go to and – yeah, I have an older Roku, so I don't have the USB inputs and all that stuff that yeah. I have on it. So, well, and the only cables that I have with it are the the you know the when they send you the three with the red. Oh yeah, yeah. White and yellow, so I can get some uh, get some uh, better cables for them to get stuff in HD, and I'm going to do that. I went, I was going to do that today when I went to fucking Walmart, and I came back with an elliptical, you know, fucking. Uh, thing that you ride to lose fucking weight and <laughs> shit don't work out. I've been working out like crazy, but the only thing that happens is is like I get bigger. I'm not losing any fucking weight, cocksucker. I'm gonna be like a goddamn I don't know fat gorilla. It's weird. I've just been eating fried food and I'm getting bigger too. I don't know what's going on. Uh, um, all right. So uh, what I've been watching. This week. <laughs> I had a pretty good week. Um, Somebody, uh, I forgot who it was, had posted that Tucker and Dale versus Evil was on Netflix Instant Now. Uh, I was I, watching that right before we fucking come on. And yeah. I'm telling you, I've, I'm, in, I'm like a, a just maybe 15 minutes into it, and I've heard so many people, and, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's weird because while I was waiting, I thought, well, I'll, I'll just start this up. I've heard it was so good. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm a little bit, first of all, I'm a little bit fucking insulted. <laughs> and second of all, is it, I mean, have you watched the whole thing? Oh yeah, I've seen. I saw it at uh, Action Fest. Uh, I just think it was like fucking super hilarious, and I mean, it's I, funny. I like it a lot. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I know it's like a takeoff and everything. But, yeah, you know. it's the second time I've seen it. Um, I like the dialogue quite a bit, and um, the the main dude, the, the guy that plays Dale, Tyler Labine. I like him a lot. He's really funny to me. Um, what else was he in? Uh, he was also. I, I've not. I, this is the only thing I've seen him in, but I. I well, that's the only thing I had seen him in, but he he played a small-ish part in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, that's a damn good movie. But uh, he he played the uh, the the lab assistant that got sick. Oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, I like him. But um, he's I mean, he's funny. Uh, I like I like their lines together, like their conversations with each other, and it's just it's just a fun twist on the whole redneck uh, horror genre. Um, of course, everybody from West Virginia is like a fucking dirty, fat, <laughs> stupid idiot. <laughs> but uh, no, I like it. I mean, it's silly, <laughs> <laughs> fucking rednecks. Um, then, okay, so then uh, on New Year's Eve, a friend of mine posted on my uh, my wall. He said, "I want to see if you can get." I say, "How far you can get through this?" It's this Jeff uh, Jeff Fahey. Um, Victoria Jackson Christian like propaganda movie called Marriage Retreat. <laughs> oh wow, was it bad? I watched the whole fucking thing too. I made it. Um, Victoria Jackson. Oh. It's on instant. It was from this year. It, you know what? It's funny. The, she's just a dumb cunt. She's bad. Um, and I was stupid I, fucking idiot. I was surprised to see Fahey in there, but then I saw I did some digging. He's been in a couple other. Uh, yeah, couple other like Christian themed movies too. I so. didn't know he was down with that stuff, which is fine. You know that's fine. But I mean, I I, I haven't seen him on TV saying the. I mean, she's so fucking dumb yeah. that it she gives dumb people a fucking bad name. 
<laughs> she gives West Virginia hillbillies a bad name. I'm not kidding, and I, I mean, I, you know, I used to watch SNL and shit, you know, but God, it's like Ted Nugent and those guys. I mean, I guess they figure, okay, there's a certain, um, a certain fan base. And I haven't been doing anything, but if I just get on here and say the dumbest, fucking stupid, ignorant shit, yeah. that I'll, I'll I'll become relevant again. The and culture uh, method yeah, of of media. That's just to me is the, the epitome. I'm not religious, but when they talk about selling your fucking soul, that's selling your soul yeah. for fucking fame. Well, this Being was a dumb fucking idiot. This I'm was just like now. this is just like a how to be a good spouse or whatever, and and it's weird. I would have liked it better. How to be a good spouse? Yeah, like they go to this. They it's like these three couples that are all having problems. One's a one they, because of the guy gambles, and one of them the guy doesn't want children because his dad abused him or something. And one guy's like, you know, he works too often. I don't know. It's dumb. But. Did Jeff Fahey abuse any kids? No. <laughs> no. Now that would be he, I'd, I'd be all right. He's the doctor that works at the. He he he's the one that owns the marriage retreat, like the the getaway. He's but, a good guy. Yeah. I mean, but he's he you know he struggles too. Like people, he like there's somebody that's made an offer to buy his retreat or something. Anyway, it's stupid. But I wish it was more Christian than it actually was. That would have made it entertaining because as it, it wasn't was, even Christian enough. <laughs> it wasn't Christian enough. Like that's they needed like, they needed more. Like there was one scene. I wish the whole thing was like this when. Um, they're telling this one lady about, you know, talking about her husband. It's Victoria Jackson and Fahey uh, looking across the desk at her. He's like, well, I think you need to have a conversation about, uh, or you need to get to know his father. And she's like, I just told you his father was dead. And Victoria Jackson's like, I think he means his other father. And it makes the, uh, sound. And the lady looks up in the air. God. I wish the whole thing was like that. That was really one of the only times that happened though. <laughs> I'd like to just fucking punch her right in her fat fucking face. Uh, so yeah, bitch. Uh, there was that. That was the, probably the worst movie I saw. Of, uh, and not uh, like Jeff Fahey. I mean, you know, what was that movie where he he got his arms or his hands cut off and they put somebody else's hands they surgically and then the hands were evil. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it was great. And he has those fucking eyes, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, he was I mean, he was fine for what it was. I mean, I I don't I couldn't tell if he was on board or not, but I don't yeah, know. He's on board or you wouldn't be in that fucking crap. So, anyway, Jesus um, is and Jesus that. So I uh I bought a, a random I did a, a blind Blu-ray buy. Um I got Rango on Blu-ray. Rango. Um this was really good. I was I was uh I don't know if I was surprised. I mean, Sammy had talked about how good how much he liked it, but I hadn't really heard anybody else talk about it. Um, this is directed by Gore Verbinski, the you know the guy that's done the Pirates movies, um, and Johnny uh, Depp does a great voice um, with for Rango the uh, the chameleon, and um, actually uh, Harry Dean Stanton's in it. Um, there's a few uh, there's a few fl- uh, voices you'll recognize as you're watching it, but um, uh, Ned Beatty plays a vo- does a voice too, uh, and I heard somebody saying I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Chris on OTC saying that this was. Um, Industrial Light and Magic's first movie. I thought it was a DreamWorks, and which which is what made me steer away because I just hadn't really paid attention. And, and DreamWorks have been very hit or miss for me. They're animated movies, but uh-huh. this was ILM's first, and and it's super nice looking. Like it's very well shot, and the the cinematography in it is phenomenal. But um, it's a good just like homage to uh to spaghetti westerns and you know classic films like that. And uh, yeah. I, and, and it's definitely worth checking out. It's um, I I don't know if I'd recommend. 
I mean, kids will, might enjoy it, but it's it's probably overlong for kids. Um, and some of the jokes are kind of uh, definitely more adult oriented. Um, is it on? Uh, I don't know if you know. Is it on Blu-ray? Yeah, that's what I, I bought it on Blu-ray. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, you probably said that, and I wasn't paying attention. Well, I just said blind Blu-ray buy. So that. <laughs> was, but um, this is a it's it's really good. I liked it a lot. Um, uh, there was a, I started uh, you know organizing some shit on my computer and stuff. So when I do that, I like to put on stuff that I'm familiar with. So I watch Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Uh, I like I like uh, I don't know I like uh, Bill Murray and yeah. uh, who's the fucker that does those goddamn movies. Uh, 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 Wes Anderson. I like that fucking. Um, I always like how he uses Angelica Houston. Yeah. Kate, Kate Blanchett is in it, and she's pregnant but looks hot. And it's Bull Dyke. Uh, <laughs> and Bill Murray. Yeah, <laughs> he's calling her Bull Dyke. And Owen Wilson. And uh, this is this is a lot of fun. I mean, I've seen this movie several times. I have the Criterion disc of it, so um, it's it's probably my least favorite Wes Anderson movie, but yeah. But I, I still like it a lot. So. The one person I did not like in that movie was fucking Owen Wilson. Yeah, he he played a weird role. Um, I didn't like his that stupid accent, and I don't know. Yeah, he played. He had that weird Southern accent. Like I guess it was a Texas accent or something. But it was a horrible accent. Yeah. Um, Willem so, Dafoe was wasn't that great. I mean, I don't know. He just Willem Dafoe I, had a weird role because he had you know he wasn't in it for very much. That was a weird role for him to take. That could have been anybody. It's it's always strange yeah. to me when uh, when people are in movies. It's like a big name in a role that doesn't need to be a big name at all. Um, yeah. That didn't need to be. Maybe he just wanted to be in yeah. a Wes Anderson movie. Well, um, Owen Wilson was good in uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Oh yeah, he was great in it, and he's crazy. he's good in Bottle Rocket and yeah. Um, yeah so Bottle Rocket. Um, James, yeah. James Calm was good in that. Yeah. Why are we? I'm fucking just going off in all day. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, Fuck you. And I watched a movie that everybody is supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be one of these so bad it's good. Uh, the Room. Tom, uh, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau. This is. It was. Uh-huh. I mean, the the Tommy Wiseau the his parts were kind of funny I guess but the movie was fucking terrible yeah I don't, if I, you watch just the 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 highlight clips on YouTube yeah. you're better off this was um I'll tell you the uh, uh Samurai Cop is another movie with very similar acting that's way more fucking entertaining Damn. than this shit um God he's a strange looking motherfucker he he's is. he needs to lay off the juice because he's starting to turn into like a fucking shaved ape. He looks like he has a body like fucking uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone now, like yeah, like the loose old, leathery old, skin with the old like, but <laughs> veiny and muscular. Yeah. And that sex scene was the most. You know, you know how sexy that sex scene it it, it is horrible, but Stallone and Sharon Stone and that fucking uh, uh, movie where he blew up people with James Woods, the specialist or whatever, <laughs> yeah. their sex scene was just as fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah, ugh. and and this oh, Stallone, no fucking. Ugh. Um, and then I, I watched uh, my my wife actually uh, found this one, but I I think my, I think Will had watched it recently, but um, these amazing shadows, uh, it's a it's a um, it's a film about how it's a documentary about how movies are chosen to be on the National Film Registry. Mm-hmm. Um, it really turns into more like just talking about certain like genres of film that are in the national film registry which it's it's not a super great documentary but anybody that likes film will just like watching it just because i like hearing these like you know kind of <laughs> uptight people talk about like rocky horror picture show and stuff and it's interesting to see some of the stuff that are on some of the stuff that is on the on the national film registry list they, they choose 25 films every year 
and um, they have a big board that discusses like what needs to be on there, and it's pretty cool. So um, I'd like to go through. I like to actually read the all the list of all the films that are on it and try to you know fill in the gaps there. See what maybe I you know these professionals quote unquote seem to think I need to see. Yeah. Um, and I watched I watched Drive again. Uh, <laughs> You're think, gay for Drive. I'm gay for Drive. This I I. I uh, this is a total bootleg copy of it, and I, I felt like the fucking what? the music is off. Like it, the music didn't sound like what I remembered, so I think this might have been like a pre <laughs> pre a pre screener or something. So I'm yeah. really excited about the Blu-ray coming out at the end of this month. I think it's supposed to be uh, Amazon listed as the 31st of January, so I'll definitely be picking that up and watching it proper. Um, I came home from work last night and was fucking exhausted. My wife put on a movie called uh, "Welcome to the Welcome to the Rileys." Um, it's uh, James Gandolfini and uh, Kristen Stewart. Um, oh, ooh. she stuck. She sucks. I mean, I mean, the role for was good for her in this movie because she's supposed yeah. to play this like dirty sixteen-year-old prostitute from New Orleans, which it kind of comes That'd across. But her her acting is the same as it always is, just like yeah. the, the stinky vagina face. And mm. Um, mm. I I love James Gandolfini. I did not love this movie. It was okay. Um, it could have, I don't know. Basically, it's a, a a couple who has a daughter that dies, and they become kind of like very distant as a result. The the wife won't leave the house for she hasn't left the house for like two years, and the 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 husband is cheating on her. And um, James Gandolfini is the husband, and he goes on a business trip to New Orleans and meets this prostitute that he kind of like takes under his wing as his daughter. Does he like, fuck Kristen Stewart? No, no. Shit. No, I was just gonna say. <laughs> If James Gandolfini like was fucking Kristen Stewart, that would be so gross. It would be kind of hot, and, <laughs> and and make I would watch that. Uh, it, I mean, I don't uh-huh. know. It might be worth checking out. It's kind of it's kind of touching at times, but it's not a great movie. It's on instant. Um, and then this morning, I was while I was cleaning up dishes and working on. Um, making my stuffed peppers. Mm. I was uh we have this big uh, past through window from our kitchen to our living room and I was watching Evil Dead 2 while I was doing that so I have that on Blu-ray the 25th anniversary edition um, and I love that fucking movie I've named my dog after after Ash and like I um, what'd you name it? Uh, Frank and after oh. as I <laughs> as uh, as I said on the, on the board this morning in my cinematic confessions thread I've seen Evil Dead 2 maybe two dozen times. I've never made it all the way through Evil Dead. And it's not because I didn't like it. I just maybe started it once and then never finished it. And I don't know why I've never come, gone back to it. So, And I've seen, I've seen uh, um, Army of Darkness multiple times, too. I love how Some I'm, of those fucking guys that are on our group. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, you know. <laughs> no okay. Blade Run- I hate Blade Runner. Or- well, I mean, you know, I was listening to the fucking Gentleman's Guide, and they're saying, you know, hey, we don't judge anybody on here if you like something. <laughs> hey, that's it's subjective. You know, that's them. Some of these guys, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so. Fucking Jesus Christ. Well, I guess that's what the thread's all about. That's what I, uh, yeah. It's, find it's, the people for fucking being stupid. Yeah, we'll make fun of all of them, assholes. Um, so, yeah, that was it for me this week. Um, well, I wanted to add something. Of course, okay. since I always add like 5,000 things while you're talking, I might as well add something <laughs> else at the end. Uh, no, uh, you'll like this. There's a guy, and I'm not going to mention how I know him, but he – I know him like uh, – not Facebook. I mean I know him like in reality. Yeah. And he is a cross between a militia 
guy, a teabagger, and a um, like a survivalist. Okay, and I'm serious. This guy's, you know, you talk to him sometimes. All right, sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. To each his own. I'm not judging. But <laughs> anyway, um, I um, exposed him to Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh oh. And he fucking loved it. Nice. He was like, God damn. He goes, this is good. But see, but I will say this. He's really into music and like, okay. uh, you know, is a musician and stuff. He really liked the music. I mean, and he thought it was funny and he got it. And I was like, fuck, that's kind of cool. I guess maybe, maybe we all can, you know, there's, the, there's something that can bridge us all together. Film will bring us and, all together. Well, tra- I was still say trannies. Trannies will bring lady boys together. and trannies. <laughs> but no, seriously, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I uh, and uh, I actually sat and watched it again, and I still like it. I'm going to get the uh, soundtrack. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's take a break. And the sex change. And the sex change. Zom. <laughs> Next week will be Zomme. Le- handsome lady boy. <laughs> or something. Sweet, sweet Zom. Sweet Zommy. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back and we'll do. We'll just go in chronological order again. We'll cover some Slaughterhouse Five right after the break. We'll be right back. Yay. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady. Ali McGraw, but I've made one great friend, a boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word, in the iTunes store. Back from break. Oh, God. I'm so tired today. All right. Our first movie of the day is from 1972, directed by one George Roy Hill. We didn't decide who's going to take the lead. I guess uh, I can talk first on this, so I'll let you kind of introduce it here. How about that? Mm, fuck. You caught me with my breeches down. God damn it. You know what? I do have my pants on. I knew someone was fucking wrong. <laughs> All righty. I got it. I'm ready. I'm on the ball. I'm ready to go. Um, a man tells his... Oh, wait, 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 Slaughterhouse Five is the movie. <laughs> a man tells his story of how he became unstuck in time and abducted by aliens. That's what it says. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's what it says, motherfucker. That's actually not a bad. That's actually not too bad. Yeah, um, the, you know. Sorry. 
So uh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> I guess this is based on a Kurt Vonnegut uh, novel. This is probably his most famous novel um, and one I've never read. It's weird. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut might be the writer I like the most that I've read the least by. Um, I've only ever read one book of his uh, and bits and pieces of other things. I've read uh, Cat's Cradle. I read that on my um, honeymoon because when we got to the second we, – we, we did our honeymoon in two stages. We stayed in the mountains and we stayed at the beach. And the beach was so fucking hot. We didn't have air conditioning. The only thing we could do is sit in the pool all day. And they had a library there and um, – library meaning like a couple bookshelves. But um, I would just sit in the pool like soaking – and reading this book on the side of the pool, and uh, but I read Cat's Cradle, and it was it was awesome. And I've just never, for whatever reason, that was the first Vonnegut I ever read, and for whatever reason, for whatever reason, never finished anything else. So um, I started reading Slaughterhouse Five again this week, and I got to say, I, after I saw this film, I wasn't sure what I thought about it, especially not having the frame of reference like to compare it to the book. But I've read the first almost. I almost read half of it this week, and I got to say the the director George Roy Hill. Um, this is good. He did a good job. Uh, I mean, this is a very this book is everywhere, um, and he did a, he did about as good a job, especially being a film that's forty years old mm-hmm. with very limited means as far as special effects go. Um, he did a great job of uh, of portraying the feeling of this book and i know that vonnegut actually was a big fan of the movie like he thought it was hilarious and he said this is exactly what i would want as far as like um make you know making this book visual so um this is a story about a guy who i guess he's a time traveler um but not in the like quantum leap or back to the future uh like idea of it that we're all accustomed to where you know you have a flash and he's there <gasps> this guy is existing on more than one in more than one time at one time and and he will i guess mentally be in multiple places at once um the idea behind the film is that everybody is like that and it just takes a certain like only certain people can like actually realize it or see it and these these aliens the i I have trouble with the word the do you remember the what they're called what the planet is they are called the trowel famador planet the trowel famadorians they kind of like help him able to able to see the fact that he's in multiple places in multiple times at once um, and if this sounds bizarre, it's because it is. And if, like I said, if you haven't read the book, it's not bad seeing the movie first. Um, but the, uh, I mean, it opens up with, uh, Billy Pilgrim is the main character. Um, he's played by, uh, Michael Sachs, who honestly, I don't recognize from anything else. I don't think he, he didn't do him. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's a good looking kid. Uh, I gotta say his, his, his old man makeup in the movie is not that great, but, uh, his middle age makeup looked good. Um, he but, became like a, uh, I think like a big stock market person oh, and a big he? computer person. He's a Harvard graduate. Hmm. Um, hmm. So, uh, but he 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 does a good representation from you know the half book that I've read. I, and I usually don't read quickly, so it's testament to Vonnegut's writing style that I can read his book so quickly. Because I read Cat's Cradle in a couple of days, and I got through this one. I read it over two in two you know two nights, and I've already made it halfway through it. So. Um, 
he uh but he you know he opened saying i've i've come unstuck in time um which is you know the you know the 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 synopsis you just read but um and this really really kind of reflective of it because he'll just kind of go into a daze in the movie and then all of a sudden he's in 1944 in world war ii or you know he'll stare off in the distance and he'll be on the tralfanador planet with um Mon- with Montana Wildhack, who played by Valerie Perrine. Um, what do you think of her? Brian. Brian, sorry. What um, I, I think she's hot. She uh, can't remember if she won the Oscar or she was nominated for. Uh, she played Lenny Bruce's uh, wife in the movie Lenny with Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I find her. Uh, oh, I mean, you know, she just has like uh, like an uh, an old. Uh, uh, not old because she's not old in the movie, but I'm just saying, uh, like a back in time, like a, a um, well, in the Lenny Bruce movie, she was a, uh, I guess, like a stripper slash burlesque dancer, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, when he first met her, and uh, yeah, I'd fuck her. Yeah, she's she's a uh, very cute and very naked in in probably half mm-hmm. of her appearance. Yeah, she she has no problems with uh, with uh, uh, showing some nudity. Yeah, she's. Um, Girl. So, uh, you know, it'll, it'll just flash to him, and it looks like they're in a miniature little Epcot center, but that's because the Tralfanador. Tralfanador? Is that it? I'm sorry, I'm just bad with that word. Um, the planet is made out of cyanide, and these aliens have them there because they want to, like, watch them mating and stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a. Uh, there, you know, some of the, some of the time shifts. Are, are, are they're really interesting, well done, and it kind of makes you wonder, like how they're, you know, if they're related at all. Um, like, there's a parallel with taking photos at one point. Um, they all these soldiers are being made to march through mud and stuff. They're, you know, they've been captured by Germans, and they um, they pull him off. They pull Billy off to the side, and take a picture, of, and they have him smiling and stuff, like with two soldiers, and you, you think. You've seen enough World War II movies at this point. When Germans pull somebody out of a marching line, usually you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but they have him pose and smile with two Germans, like two SS uh, soldiers standing next to him, like, like saying, hey, look, this is, you know, it's probably for some kind of like newspaper or something. But And they parallel, they kind of flash back and forth with that and him standing with his family op- at the opening of a building. They're like with the giant, you know, oversized scissors cutting a big ribbon and um, so you you kind of wonder at times when they have the flashes if the director was trying to you know compare these in certain ways, but um the uh, like I was, yeah the, I'm not sure that they always give a great reflection of the time travel, but um you know this the jumps are are kind of interesting at times like oh and there's an, well there's another one with the training of his dog um, I thought that one was pretty neat to just every once in a while it, it shows him training a puppy and the puppy won't do anything right and then it just a little bit of a jump. And it shows the dog a little bit bigger, and the dog's kind of behaving, and his wife keeps coming out with all this food she's been making. She's like, oh, I made so-and-so, and she's bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger every time. But um, and, uh, it's constantly explored in the film whether, you know, kind of things being out of your control. And that's kind of the, uh, I guess, the theme for both of these movies, which is why we decided to go with them for this week. Just, you know, everybody having the... New Year's resolution kind of time of the year, and when you know when it boils down to it, it's just kind of things just are going to happen as they happen, 
and that's kind of how this is. It's like he becomes a uh, an audience member to his own life at times. Like he just kind of sees different things happening, and um, and I think Sax, who might not be a phenomenal actor. But I think they they chose him well because he is mm-hmm. kind of wooden, and it makes him into this like he just kind of goes along with what's going on. And in the book, they describe him as very tall and spindly, and kind of like he almost seems disinterested. Like he just kind of lets things happen. It's not because he's dumb, but he acts that way. Um, so I think they did a good job with him. Um, I mean, you know, right at the beginning with speaking of, you know, being out of his control, I mean, he's drafted into the military and it's, it's obvious that he doesn't want to be there, but he does anyway. And he just kind of goes along with it. And he's, I mean, he's totally absurd. I mean, they, the Germans give him a coat at one point that was obviously some woman's coat. It's fur lined, <laughs> and they give him these, like he ends up with these spray painted silver boots. He's the only guy that doesn't wear a helmet. Um, he's, uh, he's supposed to be a chaplain, but he doesn't seem to be very, uh, religious at all. Um, he's just kind of like stumbling along. It's kind of like a precursor to Forrest Gump in a way, <laughs> you know. Uh, he keeps kind of keeps happening on, on into these like major things. Um, the uh, and the, there's a shot in the film that I liked a lot. The uh, it probably just happened that way, but the, the image of the train rolling into Dresden, um, with snowy clouds kind of billowing off of it and smoke puffing yeah. out the stack. I thought it was really nice looking, and this really made me want to visit Germany. But then I read, and the film was that the the European stuff was actually filmed in Prague, which, whatever. But still, makes I still want to go to Germany. So, <laughs> um, and there's a there's a lot of shots in the film of people looking down on Billy as he walks through certain places, especially in the past. Um, uh, they, they even show like statues. He's looking at a lot of statues. It's like they're kind of mocking him because they're. Uh, maybe maybe because they're frozen in time, they're not moving, and he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows a lot of faces of statues, especially this one part where they're walking through Dresden. And um, and, and and for anybody that doesn't know, Dresden was the site of a pretty horrific uh, um, alliance or allies allied bombing in Germany yeah. during World War II, and it was you know. It was brought up later on that Dresden wasn't even a military target, that they were just bombing civilians straight up. Um, it's kind of argued about how many people actually died there, but there were some people, there were some places, you know, bombed. And I don't know if, if Vonnegut was actually in Dresden. I know he, he's, a, he's a veteran, mm. but I don't know if he was actually in Dresden or not. And this, because I know this, this story is kind of somewhat. The way he introduces the book, anyway, it's kind of somewhat uh, autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he was in Dresden or not. I mean, he presents it as such in the book, but um, the uh, there was a weird. This is a weird one, but there was a, it's the the first appearance of a barbershop quartet on our show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not that, that. That was what I thought like horror hound would be like, you know. <laughs> yeah. it's, general, no. and it doesn't really. It's not really important to the movie, but it just it, it just for some reason it struck me. It's not something you see in films very often, especially now. But I thought that was kind of weird. Um, Fucking nard dog. <laughs> there was another cool transition with uh, <laughs> with. Uh, his wife kind of leaning against the car horn and it's blaring and then her blaring the horn as she speeds to the hospital because he's in a, in a accident and she's trying to get to him. She's panicking, but I thought that was kind of a neat transition. Um, so yeah. And, and the, the movie gets kind of confused at times when there's, it's, it seems up in the air, whether or not that the flash that we're seeing flashbacks to explain pieces of the story or 
that if we're actually seeing jumps in time and it, it maybe it's intentional, but you know, there seems to be, it seems to be uh left cloudy of what is, what's rap, what's his reality and what's him like remembering something. Um, often it's kind of hard to, and, and I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but it's hard to see, like figure out when is now, what, when is present moment, you know? I mean, and that's uh-huh. exactly how the book is. Cause the book jumps back and forth like that too. Um, there's a good line in there when an old man in a hospital says I could carve a better man out of a banana. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, it made me think of Mr. Freedom actually when there's a, there's a weird scene where in Dresden, when, um, all the U uh, S soldiers are kind of gathered together in a, a dude with a, <laughs> a Nazi sleeve and a blue uniform, he's in a red, white, and blue uniform with like a, you know, kind of a, uh, American flag theme to it, but it's a light blue uniform. He's got a big silver helmet. It totally made me think of Mr. Freedom. Cause you know, he's explaining to these guys that the Germans aren't their enemy, that communism is. And, and you know, the, we, we already, we, you know, listened to our review of Mr. Freedom about that, but same kind of thing. Like, you know, the, everybody pl- plotting against communism because that's the true enemy, not the, you know, fucking the, the Jew killer Germans, you know, don't worry about that. So, um, and uh I, you know both of these films i was i was as i'm watching i'm like these are going to be fucking hard to review so the um just because they are both films and this this one it, they're they're more of ex- an experience i guess um they're they're not really so much plot driven as they are like seeing the change or like a, the shifts in a character um, and there's a, there's a, there's a quote I wrote down by Billy. Um, he said the, the world is just a collection of moments all strung together in beautiful random order. And if we're going to survive, it's up to us to concentrate on the good moments and ignore the bad. And that's really what I got out of both films is that, you know, it's, everybody's going to have their faults. Everybody's going to, uh, just go through life and it's really up to you to, um, you know, focus on the decent things to, and that, that's, it kind of ties into what I was saying, be more positive, kind of like, you know, when you're more positive with little things, it's that it could really make a difference with your overall life, like how you kind of end up, you know, as far as your direction and, you know, your positivity or your, your outlook on things. So anyway, you know I'll what let, Dr. Doom would say about that. <laughs> what would Dr. Doom say about that? Bah, bah, all right, so I'll, let's hear what you had to think about. All right, uh, have you read this book before? Oh my, yeah. Do you even have to ask that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, and I'm gonna well, eat a tootsie. I'm gonna eat a tootsie roll. Tootero, Slaughterhouse Five. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to go through some of the things that caught uh, the Zom eye. That would be the right eye. Um, um, there was a character named uh, Wild Bob. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wild Bob was kind of a fucking crazy-ass uh, sort of shell-shocked. Um, he seemed very old to be in the Army. Um, and, and the American army. And when they were getting on the trains, wild Bob showed up and, uh, uh, Billy Pilgrim, the, you know, uh, main character, he, uh, he, sh- I, I, I'm like you. I like the, the guy that they picked was good because he 
He just kind of was a doofus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, walking around with his kind of fucking gap tooth uh, grin, even when shit was going on, like like he was kind of oblivious or so naive. Uh, which was good because then later on, when he was kind of a, uh, 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 he had seen all this horror and everything, it, it, and he played it a, a totally different way. The makeup to make him look older wasn't that super great, but just the way he carried himself, the way he acted when he was young, and so Gap Tooth smiled, Alfred E. Newman kind of goofy guy, and then <laughs> to, to when he got older, you know, the the the, the change, you know, you saw the age through his. You could see that he exper- had experienced a lot of stuff. Yeah. But Wild Bob uh, <laughs> kind of latched on to him. I don't know if because he, uh, uh, but there was just one scene, and I just wrote this down because uh, uh, Wild Bob kept talking about, uh, are you are you in the 451st? 451st is the best. Yeah, the 451st. And this one part, he had snot hanging out of his nose like one of those big lines of snot. And it was just hanging there, and he kind of spun around, and it kind of whipped around. I was like, oh. Uh. Um, there's one dude in here that um, I guess I've seen him in a lot of shit. And for some reason, I want to say he was on like one day at a time, and that's Ron, uh, Ron Liebman. And he played Paul Lazaro. And Paul Lazaro was a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was such a jerk. Uh I think he was kind of like the uh, – I wouldn't say the exact opposite of um, Billy Pilgrim, but he was just really aggressive. Well, uh, he's a, yeah, he's a complete psychopath. He was a psych- Yeah, he was a psychopath. I mean if you looked at him crossways, he had the list. I'm going to put you on the list. Yeah. One day you're going to open the door and I'm going to be there. And it might be 20 years from now. It might be you know a year from now or whatever. And it's like, God. But I mean he was just a dick through the whole thing, which uh, you know – I, uh, I, I, I don't know what I recognize him from either. I mean, I, I'm he was in, he's been in a lot of yeah. shit, um, especially I'm thinking back in the – in the seventies, what the hell did I see that he was in Super Cops? Norma Ray with Sally Fields. You like me, you really like me. When she won the Academy Award. Let's see what else we got. This is good podcasting as we speak and we're looking at stuff that we should have already looked at. Duckman. I don't know, but I mean, well, he was on Law and Order a bunch of times. That's where I seen him. I remember now. Anyway, but he was a butthole. Valerie Perrine, she had a, she just has like she has the kind of body that you would not see on a uh, an actress today, like a fucking two year old Mila Kunis, uh, you know, with a bobblehead. Um, uh, oh, did you hear that Zoe Deschanel was getting divorced? No, that was on the fucking thing today. I was like, oh, but now she's single. Uh oh, Katy Perry. I don't care if she's single or not after that fucking dumb douchebag fucking touched her um they look kind of the same we discovered that over the weekend who katie perry and Do- zoe Deschanel. they had the, the big doe eyes you know the big they, wide eye I, I was i was confused i was trying to find pictures of, of katie perry's tits and to see if they're real or not and and i couldn't tell i was like wait is that zoe Deschanel or her and i couldn't tell like to, At, when they would show the face only they're big and soft and and uh milky the eyeballs right Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 
I read, you know, I read about the the uh, the story, and apparently, you know, the, the aliens uh, they're in what they call a dome. Mm-hmm. You know, they it's a dome, and they have to stay in the dome because the atmosphere is cyanide. But um, they described it as they were in it was like a zoo it was basically a zoo yeah uh and they were the animals and the what the fuck's the goddamn lithuanian the trowel trowel famidors um they they could see and experience stuff in the in four dimensions instead of three um so anyway i guess i guess the fourth dimension is supposed to be time Um, yeah that's you know that's what it that's what I've always assumed it was anyway. So it's, it's like the, the trial Famadorians can, mm-hmm. they, they exist everywhere at, or every, everywhere, every time at once or something. Something, something like that. Um, the thing, the Dresden thing, um, because it was a, not really a military target or anything. And, and at that time of the war, cause it, um, Billy at the beginning, when he gets captured and everything is at the battle of the bulge or what they call the battle of the Ard- Arden forest. Yeah. We call it the battle of the bulge. Um, and, um, that was the Germans last, uh, ditch effort to win the war. So it was toward the end of the war. And so when they send them to, to Dresden, Basically, the only thing you have there are old, as far as Germans go, are old men and and boys that are the soldiers. I mean, right. some of the, the the kids that were guarding them were just they were just kids, you know. But I mean, they're teens, but they were really young. Um, they in one scene we got to see some old uh, old uh, I guess fifties or sixties Hollywood blood. Uh, where Billy is laying in the snow, and that this was like uh, they used to have blood, and it was so bright, fluorescent, bl- bright red. <laughs> had, it looked yeah, really paint. Yeah, really super duper fakey looking. <clears throat> um, Billy's fat wife she she wasn't much of a driver, <laughs> and she was very um, very. I don't say if emotional. But I mean, she just wig out, man, and she was constantly telling him. I, I, I like. I mean, I'm yeah, not saying anything about her being heavy or whatever. But uh, she was constantly. Anytime something good would happen, she's like, "Oh my god, oh my god," uh, because you got me this car or because you did this for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose, lose so, so much, much weight. weight, and we're gonna find out whatever. And uh, you know, that's once they start packing them on, man. You're, you unless they start screwing somebody else, they're not gonna lose any weight. Uh, so yeah, um, I've, I've actually just read uh, the Vonnegut was he was in the Battle of the Bulge. He was imprisoned in Dresden. He was mm-hmm. the leader of the POWs. Um, he witnessed the firebombing of Dresden. They he was kept in Slaughterhouse Five. So I mean, this is so he was more the old old man guy. Well, he was the, both. The, He's supposed to be Billy and and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess now, it's both. The guy that you Edgar said, Derby. Uh, yeah, the Captain Freedom guy uh, that you were talking about. <laughs> that's uh, uh, his character's name was Howard Campbell Jr. Mm-hmm. And Vonnegut. There's another movie, you know, because like I said, I haven't read the books where, but there was another Kurt Vonnegut novel that was made into a movie. And the movie's called Mother Night, okay. and Nick Nolte plays Howard Campbell Jr. And it's a fucking good movie. Is it the same Everybody's, character? It's the same character. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, he's a, he he's a. Um, well, I don't want to give it away. If you get a chance to watch it, watch it. It's yeah, really yeah. good. Um, 96. 
the bombing of Dresden. That was uh, actually what they did was uh, they dropped uh, like incendiary bombs. Yeah. So they burned everybody alive. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, because I, I remember seeing on Phil Donahue when they had like the neo Nazis on there and they said they were saying something about the Jewish concentration camps and everything. And the guy, uh, what the, I can't remember what the guy's name was. It was the son of this, of the, head guy of the Ku Klux Klan, he was like, what about Dresden? What about Dresden? You know, I was like, uh, and then they got into a fight and on, oh no, it was on Geraldo and Geraldo got hit in the nose with a chair, uh, <laughs> which was great because I hate that fucking douche. He really turned into an asshole too in the Ted Nugent kind of way. Perry King is in this. He shows up as Billy Pilgrim's son. Uh, I guess Billy Pilgrim walked in on his son in one scene when, and he's whacking off in the bathroom. The Montana Wild Hacks picture. Yeah, and so that's how he got that in his head. I guess that maybe the Tralfa, you know, maybe could read his mind, and they thought, okay, we'll get this guy, and so we'll get, you know, we we'll find his perfect mate, and mm-hmm. maybe they read his mind and said, okay, this is his perfect mate, or you know, they see they experienced his whole life, you know, over and over, so they knew who who he liked. Um, but Perry King, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, and he comes back as a Green Beret, and he's all gung-ho and everything. And Billy's like, yeah, fuck, you're so damn stupid. <laughs> you know, dude, I'm your dad. Jesus Christ. What are you, why are you doing so? Um, a, uh, a thing that uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut said uh, about this book, or I don't know, it's in the book. I think he was talking about the book. He said, uh, writing an anti-war book is like writing an anti-glacier book. And yeah, it's sort of that's in, saying that's, it like that's a, in the book, yeah. Yeah, it's like a force of nature. It's uh it's just something that it's always gonna be there. War's always gonna be there, it's always gonna happen. But then then by saying that that was sort of like the free will thing where mm-hmm. okay, it doesn't have to be because we do have free will, but or even though we do have free will, it still happens all the time. So maybe we don't have free will. Yeah, I don't know. They, this thing twisted my melon, Daddy. <laughs> uh, uh, the uh, when uh, Billy was in the uh, in the uh, zoo or dome or whatever, at first there was two different things that kind of reminded me of two different uh, other movies or stories that you know. And one of them was uh, David Bowman from uh, 2001: a Space Odyssey, yeah. when he gets kind of uh, drawn up and uh, you know and goes through all his experiences at first, before he becomes the Star Child. You know, he's in this place and you know there's this room and sort of the aliens are watching him or whatever, whatever's going on in that fucking melon twister. And the other one was uh captain Christopher Pike in the uh, original star Trek episode where uh, the original captain of the enterprise gets burned really badly. And they, he basically goes to this planet where he is intact again and young and with this, his you know dream girl or whatever. So it was kind of sort of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Um. Oh, and uh, you know, and just the they showed it. It's almost. I mean, it's definitely an anti-war 
story yeah, yeah. in a way. I mean, it's a lot more than that, you know, because I'll tell you what, honestly, if, if I wouldn't have gotten on the, on the Wikipedia and read, you know, a lot about like, you know, the stuff about free will and stuff they were talking about, I don't know if I would have come to, came to all the conclusions. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I maybe, you know, maybe if I've read the book, cause it'd be more in depth, but, um, the book is kind of everywhere, but yeah. it's, Vonnegut's got a very nice, like flowy writing style. It, like there, he'll just go off on these random tangents, like a meet, like just at the drop of a hat. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, you'll have a paragraph ex- like describing somebody's past, and then it'll go back to what he was talking about before. But it just works. I, I, I've, I've really got to read more. I just don't read enough. That's why I haven't read his books. But um, well, it's, I, the- it, and this this movie actually did a good job. I mean. It will never be the book because of those those little things because it would be impossible to film exactly what he wrote. But as yeah. far as the overall story, they did a good job. Well, I think it, it, it probably would be like you know, it would be one of those books where you know before they made it, they probably there was probably a lot of people looked at it and said, "There's no way we can make this. There's no way we yeah, can make yeah. this." So they just did the best they could, and like you said, they 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 did do a good job. Um, there was one scene, and I'm not going to say exactly what it was, but it it showed the absurdity of man in all this killing and all this destruction. Oh, yeah. They decide to you know punish somebody, and it just seemed absurd because it's like you know what the fuck? I mean, something that you know uh, how how does uh, like law that is over something as that petty. I know what you're talking about. In and all the, that death and destruction, and then you just go and do something. You know, it's like fuck. In the in the book that is dis- in the first chapter, it's it's uh, Vonnegut talking about going to visit a friend of his and mm. at, and to like kind of talk about memories of Dresden and stuff because he wanted to write an anti-war book, and that's mm. where that conversation came from. But he wanted that to be that. That's the climax of the book, and the, the, he discusses yeah. it already. In the first chapter, like this is going to be the climax of the book. Like, where do I go from here, kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I getting into you know how we felt about the movie and everything. I remember seeing like the when you know the VHS when the video stores first started up and VHS and 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 just the title itself. Okay, yeah. you know when I was young, I didn't know jack shit, you know, about Kurt Vonnegut or anything like that, but just seeing, you know, Slaughterhouse Five and I think when I was a lot younger and, you know, a lot less worldly and naive and everything. Yeah. I believe I actually rented this and I didn't make it through. I was like, man, this fucking sucks. That was me with yeah. naked lunch when I was like 14. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it is weird how like now I can sit there and watch it. And I don't think it's a great movie because I, it was, first of all, I don't know if they purposefully did this or not. It, if there were if there were actors in it that you knew or recognized, they were usually like, like the the uh, there was an old lady that was on there talking, and she she's been in you know several movies and, and uh, that I've seen, but nobody that you would actually know their name. Like I said, the guy that that we were talking about that played the asshole. I knew I knew him from somewhere, and it ends up it was from Law and Order. But there was there was really nobody else. Even the guy that played the um, 
the the uh, older guy that took Billy in World War II kind of took him yeah. and looked after him like a dad. I had seen him in other stuff, but I couldn't tell you what his yeah. fucking name was without looking it up. So they 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 had to have purposefully went away from casting big stars. Now Valerie Perrine, she was the biggest star in the movie that I knew. And like I said, now she was in that Lenny Bruce movie and got nominated for Academy Award. So, but she was mostly known as kind of a uh, bombshell kind of a chick. She was in that. I remember she was in that movie um, Breakout with Charles Bronson. And um, I'm trying to think what. Well, she was. Uh, you know who she was? She was uh, when Adrian Barbeau and the other girl in Cannonball Run get pulled over and they unzip their. To show their tits, <laughs> and then it's a female cop with big tits. She was the female cop with big nice. tits. So, um, but yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie, but I just it's, it it's, was it's, it's difficult. <laughs> it, it it is it is difficult. It's really well done, uh, but just the way he wrote it, and they did it the way he wrote it, like you said, jumping, and that's the whole concept of it is. Yeah fragments of of things and now and a normal person perceives their life as this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens and it's in order whereas his thing happens out of order and he goes you know and he's experienced it over and over and over and over through time you know it's almost like to me you could look at it at one point and think, okay, if you if if even well, even when they threw in the alien part, you could look at this movie and think to yourself, okay, is all this shit that this old guy is coming up with is this all is this science fiction or is this just a guy who's lost his mind and and <laughs> the stuff that he's seeing in fragments are just things that happen to him and he's delusional and then like the alien shit he's just lost it he's an old man he's he's lost his mind or he's got alzheimer's or who knows or he's just delusional maybe he's uh, you know from from the war or whatever and it could very easily this movie could very easily have ended with this guy being almost comatose in a rubber room in a fucking psych ward yeah, and just experience all of this stuff instead of taking it for, you know, what artsy fartsy, Mr. Kurt Vonnegut thought it meant. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, there was one point where his kids were saying, you know, dad, you know, and he was trying to explain to them about the aliens and stuff. And they were thinking he was nuts. Yeah. And, you know, that's at one point I thought, okay, you know, the, this could just be this guy is you know fucking bonkers you know instead of there there's no aliens he just has flipped his wig and you know so anyway whatever uh, we'll get into our ratings um, okay the, okay the um, <clears throat> going into this blind without reading the book um, <laughs> is going to be one thing uh, if you want to compare this to the book I think it's a success um, I really have to kind of average the two out together because it's success as a film. As a standalone thing, it's kind of it's just kind of okay. But mm-hmm. knowing a little bit about the book now, finally, the it's it, it's it's a good representation, and in that way, mm-hmm. it's a success. I think what I'd say is like I'd average it out to like a I don't know seven 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 point two five out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. This is worth checking out, um, but I definitely check out the book too. So 
I think it, it well, it's hard to say, you know, like I said, the only time that I ever attempted to watch it before was when I was pretty young and stupid and inexperienced and stuff. But um, I did read about it. Uh, I started watching it the other day, uh, probably the first, you know, 20 minutes of it. And then um, I kind of read about it online and, and what, the story was about. Yeah. So I had a concept of it before I watched it. And, and yet still, like I said, it, it, for, for a lay, like a layman or a lay person or whatever to just pick this up and watch it. It's not for everybody. No. I mean, I, I know people that would watch this and be like, what the fuck? You know, this is just <laughs> Jesus Christ. How can you watch this shit? It is challenging. And it is, uh, I think you you know, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's a good movie, but I I don't know. I I'm not. I wouldn't rate it low because I think it was poorly done or anything. I just think that it is tough to wrap your mind around. And I was just getting ready to say maybe if you watched it more than once, but I'll be honest with you, I don't think I watch it again. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that I, you know, like sat there and was like, oh my God, this is so. Like when you said something about Vonnegut saying that it was done, just he really liked it. It was done and he thought, and, and it was funny. I didn't think there was that many. I didn't. Was there any funny shit in it to you? Uh, no, just, I mean, I think the absurd stuff in it is what he finds humorous. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't see anything really humorous. I thought it was really like, fuck. Um,. <laughs> I don't know, and I hate to say it. I'm going to give it a six point five, but um, uh, like I said, it's not that it's bad. It's it's a, like you know, I think an intellectual might like deciphering it or talking about it or experiencing it and all this shit. I, I just uh, for entertainment's sake, it was all right. It wasn't. It was. It didn't. Uh, it. I. I didn't come out of it. I feel kind of like. I don't know. Like I, like a, it was like a puzzle or something. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna babble on anymore because, like I said, it just kind of it's, it's tough to get your brain around, and uh, you find yourself like us just sitting here discussing it. It, it, it uh, open. I, uh, whatever. Eh, Six point five. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. I'm confused. I'm <laughs> stupid. You made me watch this, and now I feel dumb. <laughs> it's okay. We'll go. To, we'll go to something more trashy next week. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that is our review of Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and review kind of a lighter film with some depth, I guess. Uh, Bill Murray's classic 1993 film, Groundhog Day. We'll be right back. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could f*** up 
fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who would keep a secret. Back from break, little mission of Burma there. That the name of that song is "That's How I Escaped My Certain Fate." Yeah, yeah. dump the bitch. That's how. <laughs> Make her get an abortion. I love that that laugh at the end of the chin stroke versus punter thing. It makes me smile every time. It just sounds so joyful. Yeah, uh, it's like fucking Burt Reynolds to me. <laughs> Welcome back to Ball Stroker versus Asshole. Yeah, I'm asshole. <laughs> And I'm stroking my balls. Stroking balls. All right, so, uh... Stroking my balls, Daniel. I'm tired, baby. Let me tell you something. I haven't had a fucking wink of sleep because I had to go run around and do a bunch of shit this morning. Plus, then I had to watch that fucking movie. I had to go buy cheese (laughs) for my peppers. (laughs) I I put on slippers, and I went to the goddamn grocery store. (laughs) New Year's resolution, I'm going to eat more cheese. (laughs) I fucking bought a two-pound bag of pizza cheese to put on these fucking peppers. It's going to be amazing. Now, I have to say, I I am infamous or, or noted for for uh, railing against girls who go to Walmart or the grocery store in their pajamas that drag the ground and get real dirty yeah. on the bottom and slippers, and then you fucking tell me you threw on well, some slippers. And went well, to my, store. my slippers are, have uh, hard soles on them. They're not. They're not like uh, this. Oh, they're, they're they're not like slippers. Yeah, right, <laughs> they're, they're still fucking. If they're house shoes. Them, are they not slippers? They are fucking slippers. They're slippers, you, but you uh, have slipped into the fucking like when uh, what was it? Was it George Costanza? He started wearing the fucking just the sweats everywhere, and yeah. Jerry said, "You fucking given up on life," <laughs> and you start wearing just fucking sweats. And well, I, I did have shit. jeans and a plaid shirt on, so okay. well, that's not too bad. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't. I just didn't. I was downstairs. I needed the cheese. And I didn't want to run the <laughs> socks. So, and I hate putting shoes on without socks because they your feet fucking get sweaty in them. It's just gross. Yeah, so I just grabbed the. I've the rarely socks. said. I, I'm wondering if in my lifetime I have ever used the phrase "I needed the cheese." <laughs> the uh, cheese need, it was needed. It's like Elvis. I need it, man. I need it. When he was talking about drugs. Yeah, I you need, need cheese, cheese, baby. Cheese and walnuts. Fuck. All right, so uh, I yeah, feel better myself already. <laughs> oh man, these peppers are going to be amazing. Uh, all right, Groundhog Day, nineteen ninety three, directed by a familiar Harold Ramis, who yeah. loves to appear in his movies, just like Scorsese. Um, his is probably more vanity thing, though. Seems like <laughs> he probably just likes to hear himself talk. Um, what? Starring uh, Bill Murray, Andy okay. McDowell, who is very hot in this movie. Um, Chris Elliott, who is always a creep, and never hot, and never hot, 
And I love fucking, he's not a star in it, but Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. <laughs> he was in that show with Chris Elliott called Get a Life. Uh, the show was so fucking hilarious. But uh, he played Gus in that show. I thought that was pretty funny. So, um, so yeah, this one is, um, like I said, from 1993. Uh, another, <laughs> another very simple synopsis here. A weatherman finds himself living the same day over and over again. And I was just saying to Zom when, before we started recording this uh, after the break that I was kind of like I couldn't sleep last night because I was like, how the fuck are we going to review this? And the synopsis is like lay, giving weight to my worry that <laughs> I'm not going to have much to say because I took like three notes. So, But uh, this is one I've seen a lot. Um, and uh, well, let's, I'll let you take the lead here and see what you thought. Well... I could take it or leave it. It was pretty good. <laughs> uh, no. I uh, I think that I would think I would imagine that a, a lot most of our listeners have seen Groundhog Day. But then again, after that one thread, fuck, who knows? Some of these guys, <laughs> like I've never heard of the Groundhog Day. Um, I this, think Bill Murray sucks as an actor. He sucks. <laughs> I fucking I would permanently delete someone from fucking the group and from my friend list if they said that. If you're not down, I, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, hit me in the right mood. Um, okay, okay. Here's the deal: Bill Murray is this weatherman, and he's in Pittsburgh. Although this movie doesn't take place in Pennsylvania in real life. It's like it was Illinois or someplace like that. Oh, it? It's yes, it is. It, it's not even in Poxitani. It's in the movie. It is. Yeah, yeah. But in, in real life, they they shot it like fourteen miles from Bill Murray's house in Illinois. Um, so anyway, I hate to bust your bubble, people, but I'm the bubble buster. Just ask some of my girlfriends. Anyway, giggity, giggity. I bust that bubble. Uh, <laughs> okay, so anyway, Bill Murray is um, his, he's Phil, and he's a weatherman, and he is. Um, I would imagine that in some ways that he's a lot like Bill Murray is in real life. <laughs> you so, know, he's so skeezy sometimes. I love real cynical, real kind of bitter and dry sense of. I love sleazy bill murray yeah when he's in the movie and he's not like there's like goofy bill murray but then there's fucking like just like sleazy bill murray well, you know, like some people, like if you said, you know, okay, what movie star would you want to be? Most guys would come up with some good looking guy, you know, like I want to be like George Lazenby or, or <laughs> Val Kilmer or, or uh, a fucking Val Bible uh, reader Kilmer. Yeah, what's that fucking guy? Uh, uh, Lorenzo Lamas, you know, or George <laughs> Clooney, somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But. Honest to God, if you really think about it, how cool it would be to be fucking Bill Murray. Oh, because great. he can just get away with anything. Yeah. He can be just such an asshole, but people <laughs> laugh, you know. So anyway, anyway, let's get back to me. I mean, you know, we, we Bill Murray's cool. Anyway, um, he's had such a career resurgence lately. Jesus Christ. I mean, he has been in so many good movies and serious movies, too. We'll have to um, do his uh, Zom's future story, Broken Flowers. We'll have to do <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Don't ever go look up your ex-girlfriends because that movie is spot on. Some of them will want to fuck your brains out and they don't look good. 
Some of them will slap you across the face. Some of them will look at you like, oh, God. Anyway, well, I, I digress. Okay. And you might just come across who might be your son. <laughs> uh, God, I swear to God, it wouldn't surprise me if I don't have kids out there because I'm such a fucking goof that, honest to God, they would – if they did have the kid – I'm sure a lot of my kids have went down the toilet. <laughs> oh. But – um, or ended up in the fucking getting sucked out with a shop vac or a, a coat hanger through the brain. But I will say this. If there are any <laughs> five, bros, they're not going to come looking for me. You know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the son might because he's stupid, but, uh, you know, fuck. Anyway, Bill Murray is a weatherman. <laughs> His name is Phil. Um, uh, for a, a fictional Pittsburgh weather channel, because I live close to Pittsburgh and there is no channel uh, that what they said it was. Anyway, so he's bored and he does the goddamn – he's probably been doing this shit forever and he can just walk through doing the weather and it's like nothing to him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he half-asses it and like I said, people he probably love him and they think he's even funny, but he's he's not even trying to be funny. He's just fucking – kind of just bored with life and hates his job and everything. Um, Andy McDowell. Okay, you've already, before we even started, said <laughs> on the hot or not, you said hot. Um, there's something about her that, that like, I just would like to just fuck her brains out. She's and so, I think it's because she has a vagina. <laughs> she's so good looking. I, I, she's, she's good looking? I wouldn't say, like, when I say hot, it's not like, you yeah. know, like, 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 Short skirt, slutty hot. This no, no, is like no, no. the kind of woman you take home S- to mom and dad hot. The <laughs> smart hot. She's got a little bit of an overbite uh, and that kind of like a, a little bit of a country, you know, mm-hmm. and that hair that you could really get your, your – you could fucking get your hands in there and fucking pull on, you know. But And, and you know, I, I think she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if they did dub her voice in fucking Tarzan. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Glenn Close did her voice in that. They totally fucking took her voice out. Anyway, and uh, Chris Elliott always kind of grosses me out. He, he uh, I think it was, he was in that one movie where he had the little tiny, uh, like, uh, deformed hand. What was that? I was just thinking about that because he had like weird skin in that movie too. Yeah, it was one of those ones. <laughs> it was one of those ones uh, that that does like parodies of movies, like scary movie or something like that. And he had that little tiny little hand. Plus, then when he was in, um, I feel like that was a Fairly Brothers movie actually. Well, no, the Fairly Brothers movie was the one I was just going to say was the goddamn one where Cameron Diaz put cum in her hair. And, uh, and something about he Mary. had big boils because he started getting nervous, and and he got big like big boils, and they looked like big whitehead zits all over. That's his what head. I was thinking of the bad skin. That was so gross. So I always think of him as looking, and then I've seen him with his shirt off, and he's really gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's get into this like seriously. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like I said, like Enter the Void and Slaughterhouse Five. This movie really, even though it's a comedy, and it's a fucking great comedy, mm-hmm. this fucking movie – now, when I saw it when it first came out in the theater, you know, I was like, uh, you know, it, it, really, it really was good then. But I, 
it's hard to put comedies in the same – I don't know why. But you don't think you – know, when you think of like awards or Oscars or whatever. Great movies. Or, uh, it's always great a movies, drama. Yeah, drama. You put comedies with other comedies, but you, it's hard to compare them with like uh, fucking Goodfellas or Citizen Kane, you know, Groundhog Day or Stripes or something like that. Yeah. Okay. But this movie is fucking great. Yeah. I have watched this movie 5,000 fucking times. And uh, yeah, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but I've watched it a lot. And if it's on TV and you're flipping through, you can be halfway through and start watching it and just mm-hmm. be like, you know, still laugh your ass off and, and still like it. Um, but it does have a lot to do with those other movies because it does have to do with um, some extra uh, some some uh, some force now yeah, yeah. okay the original idea was that bill murray was a dick he'd go around fucking these women and shit and he's he just you know he doesn't care uh and he would be the kind of guy that would screw him and as soon as he screws him you know be like oh god get the fuck out of here or whatever and uh so this he does this to this chick and she puts a curse on him like a voodoo curse or some kind of a curse. And so Harold Ramis was like, well, you know, and, and, and the, the movie starts, I guess, you don't even – or the, the, the story, what the guy wrote, doesn't even start the way the movie does. The movie kind of gives a backstory where he's at the thing and he's the weatherman and you see Andy McDowell and him and Chris Elliott relating and they got to go cover Punxsutawney. The story, the way the guy wrote it, it just starts right – in the middle of everything, he's in Punxsutawney. It's Groundhog Day, and he's reliving the the concept of the movie. And it's not giving anything away, as like I said, most people have seen it. But this is just the whole basic concept of the whole movie: is he relives the same twenty four hours every day? Yeah, and now, nobody, and nobody else does. Right, to everybody no- else this day is. Today it's not they they don't know that he is reliving this day. He's the right. only one that realizes it. And and it and and also in the story that the movie's based on, Andy McDowell uh, is in on it too. She she realizes that they're reliving the same day okay. day after, after day. So they kind of went away from that. And um, now I never thought about this. As many times as I've seen this, I've never thought about this. But I guess it, – and it's a big topic of discussion because when you get online and start looking up this movie, like in the chats and stuff or people where people are asking questions or trivia about the movie and everything, um, is how long did this go on? Right. Um, they said if you watch the movie and you just count how many separate days – because there's some of them that are really quick cuts – where he'll he'll start something and he'll be like oh god you know and he'll just do something like to call you, well, the, the toaster yeah. scene <laughs> yeah that um, ended quick it was thirty eight thirty eight times but um there's two different ideas th- or thoughts about this that really parallel it other than him reliving the same thing and everything like that over yeah. and over which the guy in slaughterhouse five said I've seen myself you know be I've seen my death over and over and over for thousands of years. Okay. One person, I think Ramus said, you know, it's, it, this goes on for 10 years. Now in the movie, when you're watching, it doesn't seem like it. It seems yeah. like maybe, you know, 
a month or something like that. But like I said, it, it didn't even seem like that long for me. Maybe like a, 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 it's it's enough to where it becomes maddening for him. But the one guy said, and I think it's the guy that wrote it, said it was supposed to be like, you know, like fucking a thousand years or 10,000 years. It just goes on and on and on. Now, to me, it gets to, you know, there, there's lots of lots of bits and stuff that I have in my notes. And, you know, I'll talk about some of them here in a minute. But just the concept of it, um, it almost reminds me of a video game that you play. And, <laughs> and you, you, you have to you have to learn. And yeah. it's about I mean this I guess that's the ultimate theme of this movie is that you know at the he's still he's still the same person, but he's yeah. learning he's learning about uh, life or like how you know ways right. and, to do things. And well, yeah, and you know, and you know because for the for the most part, everything that the other people are doing follows exact same pattern. Mm-hmm. And, and if he would if he would react the same way, it would be the exact same thing. But he changes it up like there's a there's a salesman that he went to high school with, Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Ned Ryerson, <laughs> needle nose. It's me, Ned. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, And he's trying to sell him insurance and shit. And this is something that you know, especially when you get older, you'll you'll come across people like this that you went to school with, and their whole thing is networking, and they want to, you know, just just they're they're so disingenuous because they just want to sell you something. But um, he through his boredom. Now, if it did happen over 10 years or even, you know, a thousand years or whatever, mm-hmm. 10,000 years, um, his boredom with it and, and the monotony of it becomes so maddening that he changes up and just does, you, you go through different phases. At first <laughs> he's confused and he's like, Oh fuck, you know, and that goes on for a while. Then he reaches a point where, um, he's like, okay, well, fuck. <laughs> I'm just going to do whatever like, the fuck I want. There's no consequences for anything. He could kill somebody. He could uh, rape somebody. He could fuck. But if if it took place over a thousand years, he could just play. It's like I said, if you played um, a goddamn Medal of Honor, uh, one of those games, or Call of Duty, or one of those games, and and you play it all the way through, and say you played that game for fucking 10 years every day, 12 hours a day. Eventually, you'll master the game. And then you become – I when I was pl- – I'd play like uh, NCAA football. And I played it so much that there were times where I could – I could literally could probably be sitting there playing it with my eyes fucking closed. And you find – you'll find – you'll start to find – you know, at first you're going to die a lot. You're yeah. going to make mistakes yeah. in any game. And then as you go along, you'll be like uh, – you know, you, get, you might get bored with it once you've, once you've gotten good at it, once you've experienced it. But then you know, if, if it's something you like, you're going to go back to it and you're going to yeah. start trying new things. Like, like well, shooting your own guys. Right. And, or, and, there was one that so, made me think of it when, when we used to play um, – that made me think of that. Uh, we used to play uh, Mario Kart 64 in college like crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played it so much that – we were competition to each other, but the game became too easy. So we started like trying to jump off the track in certain places, yeah, like, just yeah. trying to like find shortcuts and, and the same kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so anyway, that 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 was one of the, there's with 
any you know with Bill Murray. Okay, you know uh, Bill Murray is not unfallible. I mean, he's made some fucking turds, and he's t- taken some chances, you know, with Razor's Edge and shit like that. But um, uh, when he's on, he's on. When he's got good material, now him and Harold Ramis are you know because you know of course they were in Stripes together, yeah. and you know Harold Ramis was one of the you know big stars of that. Uh, well, they go back. To, they go back to the uh, the the improv act in Chicago. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, well, uh, this Second movie was kind of their downfall. Because Bill Murray wouldn't speak to Harold Ramis for like 10 or 20 years after this movie because I guess he – his I don't know if his wife left him or something right before this happened or during it, and he was just kind of fucked up. So he would call Harold Ramis in the middle of the night like you know, three in the morning, like over and over and over and over, and want to sit there and talk about the script and what are we going to do here? And I'm 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 worried. Is this going to you know? We uh, I don't know what what's my motivation here. And eventually, Harold Ramis sent over like the assistant director or whatever to deal with him and and just blew him off as far as that goes. And had that guy deal with him. Well, I guess Bill Murray thought you know, hey, we're friends, and you just blew me off and sent some guy I don't even know over here, and then so he it pissed him off, yeah. and so that's a little insider information um but anyway okay let's move on here uh this it could have when you think about it this movie could have been shot as not a comedy and it could have been it could have been really dark and there are there are parts in this movie that really kind of got to me like with the old man oh yeah yeah that was that 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 was okay, you know, at first he just ignores this old guy and I'm not gonna tell you what happened. Like I said, most people have seen it, but I still, you know, there might be somebody that had but then eventually as like the Ned Ryerson, the salesman, he starts doing different things just to just for either his own amusement or eventually he he gets to the point where okay, he's exhausted all of the I can do whatever I want, and he's fucked every girl in town that he's wanted to screw or even <laughs> thought about it. And of course, then the next day they don't even know who he is or anything. And so then he um, he he starts taking another tact, which is you know okay, well maybe I can help people. And there's there's one scene that it, it really is really emotional. It starts out. Him just helping someone, which is nice, but then it really reach. It, there's a really uh, an emotional uh, um, conclusion to that person's story, and and no matter what he does, it's the same conclusion. Which is mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of gives you the like Slaughterhouse Five, you know, the fate thing. Yeah. You're, you're here. You've always been here, and and you're always going to be here. And there's and it's going to be the same. Gonna change. There's certain it's things. No matter what yeah. you do. And the, I mean that happens a lot in it. I mean, no matter what he does, and and his uh, his no consequences thing is pretty funny because he goes through like a a gluttony thing, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I know. Just, I, my thing is Murray eats oh, like me. Yeah, just gorgeous <laughs> on, on and and the stuff he's eating is just like like pancakes and syrup and then these donuts all this really sweet uh, stuff that would just make you sick to your fucking stomach if you ate that much of it, it looks so gorgeous. good uh, and andy mcdowell is just looking at him like with such disgust <laughs> which was great you know and um he's drinking a bottle of whiskey yeah. <laughs> he, he smoking he, at the table it was awesome <laughs> One thing that I liked about this movie, and this kind of goes back to the Mamie Van Doren movie I watched, except it's because we we don't want anybody 
out there to think that we're misogynistic because I said that, you know, about Mamie Van Doren getting slapped around. Andy McDowell <laughs> gets to slap Bill Murray so many fucking oh times in this movie. I think that it ended up, it was like the count was like 10 times, but she slaps the piss out of him <laughs> just as like, you know, when you, when you slap somebody to just like try and bring them to reality because she doesn't realize that why he's doing all this goofy shit and she'll just be standing there and just look at him and be like, what the fuck? And just haul off and slap him. And which was pretty good. Um, I, I was, there were certain scenes like that. You got to wonder if, I wonder if how, like what order they filmed them in. If they like, did them all like together, it's like, all right, today we're going to do the slaps or like today we're going to do you stepping in the fucking giant puddle or all <laughs> oh, the giant puddle was great. <laughs> and that was a fucking giant, but actually where they made that movie, they say they have a plaque right there oh. uh, where that puddle, is that says you know Bill Murray was here or something like that or or, or hey what you said the last one's a dick he does reach a point where he um uh he, he like I said it, if you really think about it you know I, I'm sure you would reach this point if it went on and on and on and on and on like like the one guy said ten years or uh, ten thousand years uh, where he tries everything every way he can to fucking just kill himself. And those are the days that don't <laughs> last very long. You know, it's just like just wake up, just stumble downstairs, grab a radio, get in the bathtub and fucking electrocute yourself. And then but and then a uh, babe, I got you babe. <laughs> every fucking morning, Sonny and Cher the exact same song starts at the exact same place on the clock radio. And the asshole uh, morning talk show radio, the jock, the disc jockeys that are like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, you chapped lips. And the, Bones <laughs> today. Yeah. Uh, he's not a fan. He ends up not being, I guess Murray got bit like two or three times by the goddamn groundhog. <laughs> um, he, he, I loved when they had the stunt guy driving and it was obvious it was just a fake groundhog on top of the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, um, they, uh, fuck is it going to say? God damn it. Was that your groundhog um, impersonation? Then, his little mouth was so funny when he's on the steering wheel and it's the, he looked like he gave him like peanut butter to chew on or something. He's just like just chomping God. away at something. <laughs> so let's see. Well, the whole thing is is uh, he he can he can end up manipulating just about everything. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the one thing that he really wants is is Andy McDowell, and no matter what he tries, I mean, they they sh- I don't know how many different days they went through where he would just walk into a bar and she was sitting there, and and the one time he would find out what drink she liked, and then he'd say something fucking stupid, and they'd have to he'd have to restart it, and he'd find out that she likes this or she likes that, so he puts it all together where he ends up being like the perfect fucking man, but he still. When he puts the moves on her, he still can't, you know, get her to want to screw him or whatever. And so then that ends up being, you know, okay, what's – he – he? I think the curse was – if there was a curse, I think the curse was is that he was such an asshole and he got away with it and yet he was – he was living that asshole life and it was kind of amusing and everything to him, but yeah. it was almost like just masturbation. He was just kind of, uh, 
amusing himself where you know there's more to life than just that and he he eventually because like i said i mean how he reached reached the point where he was trying to kill himself over and over and over and that's pretty fucking sad i mean it was done in a funny way yeah like i said it could have been done in a serious way and been this could have been really super dark and uh so then he finally realizes you know that other people matter and that you know how you treat people and that doing something good and you know with with what you have the time you have and the space you have trying to be a good person you know it pays off and and uh you know so anyway it ends up being a nice little story yeah uh, and it, it's just funny that i think they said they wanted uh they thought about tom hanks and then they thought about John Travolta and several different people to play that part. But um, oh, this had to be. They said they were all too nice. Uh, Ramos said that these these guys these people are just too nice. Yeah. We need somebody who has kind of that asshole ishness. And and they got Bill Murray because Bill and then, Bill, <laughs> Bill Murray does very very good at like at being cocky. And I, when I was younger, I always thought it was weird because I was like, he's not a good looking guy, but he totally acts like he's like the the fucking the most handsome man on earth. Yeah. The way he talks to women and stuff. Like he says to Andy McDowell, say, would you like to help me with my pelvic tilt at one point? <laughs> he tells her, he says, you know, uh, she says, I, you know, I, I find a guy with a great body. He goes, uh, I have a great body. You know, and it's like, you know, he looks like total shit. Shit. Yeah. And he, um, he's just so sure of himself and he still is, I guess at the end of the movie, but he's learned about, you know, Love being, yeah, being uh, there for other people as well. Um, his, you know, his facial expressions in the movie are just so good. Like, I love the part where he's playing piano and he lifts up his glasses. And I mean, that's yeah. a pretty iconic scene, I think. But the, um, it's just, I don't know. I don't. I, I couldn't see anybody else in this role. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and it has become. I mean, like an iconic role for him. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, um, I, I honestly, I don't have a lot to add except. Whoever thought up the name Gobbler's Knob, Gobbler's Knob <laughs> Gobbler's for the place Knob. where they meet was I don't know if that's really called that in Poxitani, but that's pretty. That's dirty. One of the conclusions was going to be that he fucking like actually I don't know if he threw a bomb or he reached in there and he fucking kills the goddamn groundhog because they have it in that big wooden fucking stump. Yeah, and then somebody said, "Well, that would be too much like uh, Caddyshack where he blew up the." The gopher oh, or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. But, uh, that's funny that he ends up with two like ground rodents in two different movies. Yeah. Like, movies. Um, I, yeah, but I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't have a lot to add. I, I was afraid of this review because I hardly took any notes. It's one of those movies that I'll just fucking sit down and like I just won't pay attention to anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this movie, um, I didn't see this until it made it to TV. It's uh, in the mid-90s. I didn't go to the movies a lot. Um, I was in college and stuff and, but it, the, uh, I saw this movie in the late nineties, um, on a, we kind of, a group of us went and they stayed at this fucking flea bag motel. He used the word flea bag in that, um, in the movie, but we stayed in this shitty motel and I had this Bosnian friend who I like to describe as one of those, uh, as like a, a European that hates many American things. Like he's like, Ugh, you know, yeah. um, we sat and he had never even heard of this movie. And it was on TV, and we sat and watched it together. I may have, I had maybe seen it once. This is like 1997. Mm-hmm. And he just died laughing the entire movie. And 
after I watched it, it's like after I watched it after that point, it's like I remember him laughing at it and like and there's another thing he liked a lot was uh Keanu Reeves for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the one that got me to go see the matrix because he's like i want to go see this new keanu reeves movie i'm like what keanu reeves what's wrong with you he's like let's just go and i went and i was like dude this movie rules um but the um i just remember him sitting there just dying laughing at this movie and ever since then i've just i had a different like view of it but you know i would think that that um and you know you might think of something after i say this that proves me wrong but i would think that there wasn't much that they would cut out that i don't think the tv version would be that much different because there really wasn't a lot of like strong language or any kind of i think i can't remember oh my god they they said why it says on fucking imdb why they rated it as it says rated p okay it's only rated pg but it says rated pg for some thematic elements well yeah i mean because i guess because he's <laughs> well, he was seducing some of those broads and you know i, being I liked of... when he bought the when he when he bought the roles and like dressed up like clint eastwood and... yes yes <laughs> that, that had to have been like he's that had to have been like his thing like let me just put this in there come on it'll be dumb and, and the, the chick shows up with the uh the goddamn like maid's outfit that's real short and then, and then Nancy walks by and he's like, hey, Nancy. And she's just and I'm like, what? She has no idea who he is. <laughs> oh, that was funny. So I love this movie a lot. Um, I, I mean, we could just keep saying like scene after scene. Uh, another scene, another uh, quote I like that I'll just say. Uh, I liked when he said when they're talking about uh, just people in general. And uh, Bill Murray says, people like blood sausage too. People are morons. <laughs> 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 uh, but... Um, it, that kind of sums up his character well. Like he just kind of doesn't like anybody else except for himself, and yeah. you, know, you get to see that change in the in the movie. So, if you haven't seen this one, look for it. I mean, the DVD or the Blu-ray is probably cheap, or it's on TV fucking like eighty times. Jesus a year. Christ! Now you know we were talking about Broken Flowers, and as we're talking about this movie and how he acts, mm-hmm. shit, this may be the middle part of my life. <laughs> Maybe oh you're stuck my God. in the same day every day. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, we'll get into our ratings. I give it a ten. Ten. Fuck. Is there anything wrong with it? I don't. I don't think so. There's not a goddamn thing wrong with this fucking movie. It hits on every fucking thing it's supposed to hit on. Uh, I really, honest to God, for what it is, I don't think you can do any better. I. 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 I mean. I'm serious. I give it a fucking 10. Yeah, I have I, no problem with giving it a 10. I'm very hard-pressed to like think of anything that I would improve on it. Um, yeah. You know what I'd really like to see here is like a, a Bill Murray commentary track, or both him and Ramus together. Yeah. I think that would yeah. be be really good. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm right there with you. I can't say it's a I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I can't say it's a perfect movie because I don't know that I've ever seen a perfect movie. But I, at the same time, I can't think of anything that's wrong with it. I you mean, have seen a perfect movie. It's called Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten, just because I like. <laughs> you can't like, tell me why it's not a ten. I can't. I really can't. Then it's a ten. Fuck it, it's a 10. <laughs> For an early 90s you comedy with some depth. This is a great movie. 
This is the, this is the, this is the, a prime example of a ten of, of what a, what a comedy can be. And I can't. And I was thinking as I was watching this, I'm like, I'm thinking like, com- like I haven't seen anything like this recent, like in in modern day. Like I don't, I can't imagine like movies getting made like this now that don't rely well, on gross humor or yeah. It's a PG. Uh, when I just said that, I could. I, when I went back and looked, I was like, "Fuck, this was PG." Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it's not like our show. We got to rely on fucking being shocking or stupid to get a laugh. But <laughs> this one, this is it's a smart. I don't think film. we can have the stupid part. Fuck it. Yeah, say so fuck it. <laughs> what this movie is, it's 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 it, you'd be hard pressed to improve on it. I'll say that. Um, if you were in a bar and this movie walked in the bar, all heads would turn and everybody <laughs> would want to fucking fuck this movie. <laughs> Silver and gold. We want to fuck Groundhog Day. We want to fuck a groundhog. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck all that right. fat bitch. <laughs> See this fucking movie. All right, let's take a break yeah, and come I, back you know, and do some feedback. How does that sound? Sleaze back. <laughs> feedback more like jizz back oh there's that goddamn thing again we'll be right back <laughs> hey everyone this is coffin john of v cinema the site that covers asian film from cult to the classics join josh of variedcelluloid.net rufus of cineawesome.com and me on the V Cinema Show, a podcast that features Asian film discussions, special guests, interviews, and live event coverage. Our podcast is published bi-weekly on Mondays. So check us out on vcinemashow.com or search us out on iTunes. Also join the discussion and fun by following us on Twitter at V Cinema Show and joining us on our Facebook page, which is located at facebook.com slash V Cinema. And of course, check out our blog at vcinemashow.com for reviews, features, and interviews. They sat together in the park As the evening sky grew dark She looked at him and he felt a spark Tingle to his bones Twas then he felt alone And wished that he'd gone straight And watched out for a simple twist of fate All right Bringing it down a notch for the feedback. <coughs> Wasn't there a wrestler that had a finishing move called the Twist of Fate? Yeah, it was uh, Jeff Hardy. Oh, okay, there you go. Twist of that damn druggie. <laughs> North Carolina, baby. 
<laughs> is he even still around? Is he alive? Or he's alive? I don't know that he's wrestling. Um, yeah, his, he got uh, fucked up quite a bit. His brother opened up like a gym here or something. Um, Did you go to it? No, no, no. Like, well, like a wrestling kind of. Like, I don't know if he was going to put on shows there or like train uh, people, but it's somewhere in this area. I mean, they're both from around oh. here. They're like forty-five minutes away. Uh, uh, my uh, my aunt actually taught. Uh, Lita in high school. Ah. <laughs> she was a she was a history teacher in high I school. I saw Lita live several times when she was Miss Congeniality in ECW. She wasn't even Lita. She was and she didn't have Lita. a tit jo- she didn't have a tit job either. She was like flat chested. She should have stayed with the flat chested. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be at ringside and like, you know and you know, she kinda had like uh, I, I can't imagine her being much of a singer. It's like she'd be cheering on. Like if she was cheering on Matt Hardy, she'd be like, "Come on, man!" She's fucking like tone deaf or something. <laughs> I saw her and Matt at a, a, a sh- local shopping mall eating Chick Fil A. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love. I did love. You get, did you mark out? <laughs> I did in my brain, but hey. I felt bad for them because they were obviously trying to sit uh, like out of sight they were kind of sitting off to the side eating their fucking chick-fil-a and what where i first noticed them is that you know with the way wrestlers are these days it's like everybody's so fucking huge and so the hardys looked kind of small but Mm -hmm. fucking matt hardy was behind me in line at the food court i I was uh i don't remember what i was getting but the i just what i said i sensed this like huge guy behind me and I, fucking, I realized after I'd gotten and sat down who it was, mm-hmm. but he's big, man. And then, uh, and, uh, but you know, uh, when he went up there, he probably fucking you have to get on something. Look at Ray Mysterio; he went from like 150 pounds up to like 220 yeah. in a, like a week. Yeah. Um, was this before or after she started getting bonked by Edge, the rated R superstar? It had that to. would be so. But you know what? Most of those guys, it's like Jerry Lawler and the Cat and stuff. Uh, I think Jackie Fargo, he said, don't bring your fucking women around the business because he (laughs) said, you know, these guys are on the road and if they're good looking, somebody's going to try and fuck them and eventually they will. It had to have been before that because this was, this would have been somewhere in the 2000, 2001 time. So, Uh, yeah. All right. Um, oh, and uh, I guess one quote I should have said from the uh, Groundhog Day. I love the when he said when he's sitting at the at the bowling alley bar with those two like redneck guys, and he's like, "What would you do if you were stuck in one place every day, and or stuck in one place, and every day was the same, and nothing you did mattered?" And the guy's like, "That sounds about right." Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. um, so, oh man, it's it's great how deep that movie is to be a fucking comedy. I love it. So, anyway, back to uh, back to some feedback. Uh, we got a few okay. voices. Hi, uh, some familiar voices as usual. Here we go. Let's rock on. Let's rock on. Oh fuck! I thought I already got downloaded this. Let's uh, eat some time. Okay, here we go. First voicemail. Hey guys, it's the Cinemascus Justin Arbor of the freaking awesome network here. I wanted to call in on the transsexual episode. Now, I haven't seen either film, which, as for Hedwig and the Angry Inch, I really need to rectify that, as I've actually spent probably the better part of close to eight, seven, eight years having people tell me I had to see it. So, after listening to the Silver and Gold review, you know, hearing both of you guys just be totally in love with it, I'm like, alright, I gotta finally crack down and see this film. So, 
hopefully I'll see it sometime shortly. Probably cram, uh, probably squeeze it in there somewhere between all the uh, year end yeah. cramming. Since I'm really, really interested Squeeze in that. Squeeze and cram it in. Try to get off my ass and watch that film. <laughs> As for the other film, Myra Breckenridge, I've heard of it, and uh, I've heard of it claimed as being the worst film ever made, but never did get around to watching it. And uh, hearing you guys say that it's not really the worst movie ever made, it's not really good, but it's not really bad, actually kind of makes me not want to see it more. Uh, I, I'll probably still check it out eventually, just so I have some you know, fuel for the fire against that douchebag Rex Reed. But it's kind of just... That's not the worst thing made. That's the only weird thing is whenever you films get like this kind of status, whenever they don't live up to them, even if it's in a horrible way, it, it sucks. So, and I got, but you know, I might still check it out. And I did want to mention real quick a film I watched, which I know on Facebook Loaf said he really liked. Which, by the way, Loaf, I thought you said you were going to watch Snowtown. I've been looking at your Facebook and yeah, page. You haven't watched Snowtown yet. Watch Snowtown. And He's all talking fuck. a mustache. <laughs> I watched uh, Submarine. <laughs> Did he just laugh at me? I hope I'm not looking at so. the same AO'd film. He was a uh, star of the IT crowd for the British comedy. This one is really, really good. James Thompson, awesome. And Katina Ancast uh, likened it to a modern day hero of the mall. talks so fast. Comparison is really good. A very nice, kind of funny and very wittily scripted, uh, cleverly scripted. Slow down, that, dude. This ain't the gentleman's uh, guy. We got no three minutes. And how, you know, this uh, teenager, you know, <laughs> he has this girl he really likes. Which obviously you can tell from looking afar, they're not the best. They, they work well for each other, but he obviously um, has to change some of his ways. Like he's not a fan of bullying, but he bullies people just so he can be with her. And I unfortunately know what that's like. I think we all do how lust and love kind of gets in our own head, and we do things we don't want to do. And to be fair, she kind of remind me of an ex girlfriend I had. So and it didn't end well, but man, what do you do? And fuck him. Uh, but you know, I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was very, very funny. I liked some of the. Uh, uh, jokes. There's one joke in particular that kind of somewhat breaks the fourth wall, where he's talking about when he's trying to get the uh, one envelope to the one person's uh, pamphlet, anyway, to the one person's mother, and he said, "If only is this for a movie, and then it would be able to pan out." And he starts to pan out. I thought that was really funny, yeah. and it's very, very well scripted. I like the uh, the little side plot of his neighbors, and I think they're ninjas, and they're really weird. Uh, it's really, really funny, and I think it's really good. And I know I don't know if I mean I don't know if I've seen it, but whatever. the 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 van the neighbor has in that movie is so fucking good. It's airbrushed. What the it's, what the like, fuck's he talking about? Submarine. It's a okay. It's a <laughs> I lost track about halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a really good movie. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, I know you said you liked that one. Yeah. Recommend Zom check it out too, and anybody else for that matter. So and I will keep you guys posted, but I do have a film coming into a cheap plug here, coming up on my Moving Alley series of the freaking awesome over the freaking awesome network that somebody in the community brought to my attention, and hopefully it'll be the next Moving Alley. But I'm not, but I'm not sure if I'll get the copy in time since that order online. If not, it'll be here within the next few weeks, and I'll definitely bring it up on here because it's something you'll all be interested in, for good or bad. All right, so keep up the good work, guys. Bye. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> I swear to God, if he oh, ever comes shit. to Horrorhound and has a conversation with Emily, I will. Uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> just, it'll be a time. There'll be a fucking time warp or something. It'll, the vortex will fucking be awesome. Yeah, I just totally pulled my headphones off my head. Fucking sent them crashing. That was bad. That's all right. <clears throat> it's cool. So we're yeah. unprofessional. We're totally unprofessional. Um. So yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check out. Uh, submarine it, it's i don't think it's on instant but it's worth a watch i liked it a lot it's a kind of a 
I watched it around the same time that I watched Beginners, and it's it's presented in a similar kind of quirky way. It's probably even more quirky than than Beginners is, but I liked it a lot. So the quirk, the quirk. All right. Oh. So, Mister Ma- well, he says Morris, but Maurice, Morris. It's Morris. Morris sent us a sent us a voicemail here. Sorry, I'm not. I don't have them downloaded. Here we go. Silver and gold masters of the silver and gold mine. This is Morris here from and baiting. Melbourne, Australia, sending an MP3 for your feedback section. Basically, sending this to say hello and wish you and the rest of the listeners in the mine a happy new year. And I look forward to hearing more wonderful film reviews over the next 12 months and even beyond that. I really quite enjoyed your uh, last program with Hedwig and the Angry Inch being reviewed. This is a film I've long wanted to see, but have not gotten up off my backside to do so, and based on your recommendations, I think I'm going to have to go search this one out. Um, I've been on holidays for the last week. It's it's summer down here, you know, really hot. Um, I'm not sure whether you're freezing your backsides up over there, but uh, down here, lovely hot weather. I've uh, just been away for a week, down by, staying down by the ocean, and watching a whole bunch of films. So basically, over the last few days, been watching uh, Ran and Drunken Angel, the Akira Kurosawa film, with my son Max. And um, last night, uh, a friend of mine came around, and we watched uh, another cinematic classic, uh, coffee starring Pam Greer. Yeah. I can't do the <laughs> thing that uh, you guys can do so well, but um, consider Pam Greer. <laughs> a wonderful film. <laughs> one that uh, many silver and gold miners have also enjoyed in the past. Anyway, I'm rambling on. Just wanted to say hello. And hello. Uh, looking forward to the next show uh, where you review Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, and uh, hopefully, though, at some stage. In the not too distant future, you'll see fit to review the last detail of Jack Nicholson. Yes. On your Facebook page. A wonderful film, one I've enjoyed several times in the past, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Okay, all the best, uh, Loaf and Zom, and I'll speak to you soon, Edgar. Cheers. He even faded that shit out, yo. Yo yo yo! In thank the hizzy. You. Thank you for that, Morris. I, I've I've actually I've I've seen Ran. Um, I, everybody's probably knows about my weird issues with Kurosawa at this point. Uh, I've never seen Drunken Angel. I know that's one I need to see. Um, Kurosawa with the samurai movies. It's one that uh, th- those in particular I've always had trouble getting into. I guess um, the uh, Ran I do I do quite like though. So. Um, and I need to see Drunken Angel because I know that's one I'll probably enjoy since it's not a period piece. So, and as for coffee, yes, oh, yes, she isn't she? She's going to be at the next Whorehound. Is she? I will be seeing Pam Greer in March and Natasha Henstridge. She's from. Uh, she was born in my hometown. Yeah, Winston, Winston Salem. 
All right. How old is she now? She's nearing 50. I mean, 60. Would you, would you hit that? Yes. At 60? Sure, At 60? Sure. If Max Cherry would do it, you know. Let me see when her birthday is. 49. Let's check oh, it out. Oh, she's over 60. Wow. 62. Shit. Shit. All right. Last voicemail. She's a hot mama. All right. Um, I, Metal Mikey. I do oh, I thought that was fucking tired. side of Mike. the argument. But I will <laughs> concede Mikey. that you have Sick won. Mikey. Because I think in your anger over the 15th of December, the black comedy episode, over a piece of feedback I left, it reverberated through the winds of fate, and I was struck ill for the latter half of this past December. That was the Zoe Deschanel blow up that he's talking about. The blow up. I've heard a lot about this. I don't even know what these people are talking about. <laughs> uh, and Mikey's been sick ever since. I think, <laughs> I think that's why he hasn't called in at all. So here we go. Your Riker's fury affected my very well-being. So... You know what? It's just not going to be brought up anymore because you crushed me in terms of health. Oh, my God. I feel like Andre the Giant just sat on my chest. Oh, on your face. Anyways, another great episode. So let's get on with the notes. Namely, garlic, rich crackers, and coffee. That must be the Dennis <laughs> Franz diet. And, that uh, still makes me sick. Mia sad. Kunis's Botox. Maybe I should have watched a bit closer in Phantom of Muscles to see if she did or did not have a posterior when she was younger. Wait, what? Uh, what the? Terrible. Uh, let me see. What are the notes I have here? Well, I do have, you know, silver and gold. They pretty much laid claim on wrecking the extra traction <laughs> Die Hard 2 episode. No, 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 no. You see, I, Metal Mikey, wrecked that episode quite adequately on my own, thanks to my lack of audio mixing knowledge. Hopefully the other two episodes came out good, because unlike some people nah. out there, I don't listen to my own <laughs> podcast, because, you know, it's, it's like, well, uh, what Severick says, I can barely stand to hear my own damn voice, so why would I want to listen to the shit that comes out of my mouth twice in a row? But let me see what other notes. Um, I actually am going to check out Arsenic and Old Lace based on your review on the show. Nice. I put a hold on a copy to the library today, so hopefully she'll be getting it in my hands, and I'll actually be watching some classy movies. And one thing we can all agree on, and I'm sorry, William, of the large variety, there is not enough liquor in the world that I can drink, nor hallucinogens that I can put in my system to make Sandra Bernhard attractive <laughs> in any remote way. There is no chemical combination to make oh. that work. And finally, to Dr. Zom, with his comment yes. on the flavor of his spunk. Does that mean that he's actually related to Clint Howard? What does that mean, people? Well, I'm guessing you're just going to have to go back to listen to the Phantom of Muscles episode of Extra Attraction to find out. Always, Zom and Loaf, you both take it easy, and I will talk to you again soon because i got two more fucking episodes to listen to your show. Fuck! Uh, oh, right, take it easy, guys. Bye. How would you, you do that to yourself? Take it easy, you motherfucker. <laughs> I, love how, uh, I love how Mikey takes notes to call us. That's so, so sweet. 
he's sweet. Sweet like. Hey, candy. speaking of uh, Clint Howard's spunk. <laughs> speaking of, sweet. you know what? Honest, honest to God, if your spunk tasted like not your spunk, but if my spunk tasted like pumpkin ice cream, I would do the lady boy thing where I kick my legs up over my head and whack it into my mouth. <laughs> I wouldn't even need a cone. I can't have a cone because it's you know, got to be gluten free. Oh, that's the episode I was listening to uh, when I told you at Wa- I was listening to at Walmart and fucking laughing was when you were talking about fucking what were you drinking? You were drinking coffee and eating garlic <laughs> crackers or something, and I was so nauseous that day anyway, and that about made me want to puke. I still, have this, fucking I still have those crackers too. They're delicious. The garlic Ritz crackers. Mmm. No. 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 Hungry. I'm fat and hungry. Uh, All right, that's it for feedback this week. Um, yeah. So, do you want to do the the Navy Navy themed show? The this ah, week? we'll do that. Um, sure. So, thank you all uh, for calling in this week, Metal Mikey uh, from Action Attraction. Yeah, check out his. Check out um, how we've all desecrated his fine show this past couple weeks, and. Um, <clears throat> And thanks to Justin from the Freaking Awesome Network and Morris from um, what's the name of his po- oh love that album um, he has a blog love that album dot and his uh, his podcast love that album so love that album so thank you one and all uh, next week this is uh, came from our Facebook group so um, I appreciate the assist in um, planning our our uh, future show, we have two navy themed ep- uh, 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 and handlebar must or not well just navy and mustache themed. And these are two films I have never seen. One of them I've never even heard of. Um, yes, but two actors I fucking adore. We have uh, I don't know last detail from seven. My film both films might be from seventy three. What was it with the Navy in 1973? Uh, the Last Detail with Jack Nicholson from 1973, uh, directed by Hal Ashby. And we have a James Caan joint. I guess he didn't really direct it. So uh, Cinderella Liberty from 1973 as well. Um, do you know who directed that by chance? Yeah. I don't have it up. Anyway, so yeah, two films from 73 next week, uh, Cinderella Liberty and The Last Detail. Should be a fun uh, one. I, I, like ne- I've never even heard of Cinderella Liber- Liberty, so it'll be it'll be fun fun show. So um, that's about it for me. Zom, you got anything to add uh, this week? Nope. Nope. That's about it. Not a damn thing. No, not not a fucking thing. So um, no, no. All right. So uh, I guess that's it for us. Got to get back to watching some. Women squeeze men's heads, and then I'm gonna <laughs> jack off and go to bed. So you can always contact us. I've realized I've forgotten this last week. I think I said it the week before, but forgot the week before that. So I've been bad about it. But um, you can always contact us. Uh, check out our website, silvaandgold.com, where we post our new episodes. We're also on iTunes. And Yay. send us feedback two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred, or do like uh, Mor- Morris did this week and send us a uh, MP three. For, uh, feedback even at uh, silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com or you can just write us there. Um, we're capable of reading sometimes. When we haven't, I'll tell you what I was thinking about. What's that? And I haven't discussed this with love, 
But I would just like to, when we're talking about these MP3s and all this newfangled technology and shit, <laughs> okay, people, we know we have some creative fans out there. We have some fans out there that, that, that uh, can come up with some shit. And we were, uh, well, what I was thinking was, is if some of you would want to put together a promo for the Silva and Gold podcast that we could send out. A failure. <laughs> yeah, it was a failure. I mean, well, the audio on it was really shitty, yeah. and we just threw it. But um, come up with something and send it in to us, and we might we might pick one in like a contest fashion. Yeah, and the one that gets picked, uh yeah, might have to send you something. You might get a little busy. Well, maybe you might. <laughs> maybe, but I was just—I forgot to—I forgot to mention that to Loaf. Uh, but yeah, I think it would be kind of cool to to have you know see if we can. Like I said, I mean, some of you fuckers out there are a hell of a lot more creative than us two doofuses. Yeah, doofy. I'm sorry. And uh, so, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to give it a shot, if you know, you know, if we don't hear from anybody, you know, I don't give a shit. You know, we have the same fucking 97 goddamn people anyway. So, and and that's like what six <laughs> listeners, and the rest of them just get on there and fucking post stupid pictures of people with dicks with warts and stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. Dom had not brought that up, so that would be cool. Yeah, if anybody wants I forgot. to try to come up with something, that would be awesome. And um, I do want to move on that. Would appreciate. I, I do want to, that the the pencil drawing that um, that Blake did for us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that fucking thing. I really want to try to get a t shirt made. If anybody would ever be interested, if you guys want to ever you know post that you might be interested in buying one of those, I might I'll, I'll look into getting them printed or whatever. And I'm, I'm going to have them looking as hand drawn as possible. So what you see there is what you'll probably get on a shirt. So it'll be it'll be great. And or we might put it right on the front of a fucking like a white G string. <laughs> yes, you, know, you can get those made too. I've seen a place that'll do it. But so yeah, and, and thanks for everyone that always uh, contributes to our Facebook group and and feedback. Yeah. And, stuff. I, I, <laughs> and join join our Facebook group. You have to request to join because. Like I've always said, we post some horrific things on there, so you have to ask to join. Uh, we keep it hidden unless you're a member there, so unless you're uh, faint of heart. <laughs> so, uh, faint of heart or uh, sexual deviant. Yeah. Jesus Christ. See, some of you guys are fucking – I was about ready to quit the group last week. <laughs> Say, Loaf, you're in charge. Fucking take this fucker. It's going off the rails. I can't be a part of this anymore. <laughs> It's just grossing me out. <laughs> Too many big, fat, hairy men in leather, and uh, <laughs> we love all you. There's anything wrong with that. Everybody has their thing, and I was almost getting ready to watch a documentary on Netflix, and I probably will because it's on Instant Watch on my Roku XD, uh, and the documentary is called Fetish. And I know that large William's into that shit. And I'm just afraid once you look into the <laughs> abyss, you know, the abyss looks into you. And I don't want it to change me. Like some of those movies you guys have me fucking watch. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to become jaded like some of you people. I want to be disturbed by shit. <laughs> All right. Okay. All so right. That's enough. That's rambling. it for us. We're rambling for this week. Um, yeah, that's it. So I guess uh, until next week, this is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. Bye bye. 
We even have a fart fucking app, and you didn't do the fart sound. Sorry, sorry. This is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. <laughs> that wasn't even the app. That was him. <laughs> See you next week. Fucker. <laughs>